Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan, teaming up with the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. And today, Terry, we are joined by WA Racing Media rising star, Lockie Taylor. Welcome to the show, Lockie. Thanks for having me, boys. I was just saying off air, I'm a little bit disappointed that I won't actually be able to listen to the show tomorrow morning when I'm alone at the farm feeding up the horses, but um, it's a pleasure to be on and uh, I thank you for it. I actually, that's not actually what you said, Lockie. You actually said that it'll be far better with you on it this week and uh, you'll enjoy listening to your own voice uh, tomorrow morning, which I, I thought was a little bit bigoted, but uh, fair enough. No, it's good to have you on, Lockie. It's good to have someone from the famous Taylor Racing family on the uh, on the podcast. So uh, we're excited to, to get your thoughts and uh, hear a bit about your journey in racing to date. Yep, looking forward to it. I think our numbers will skyrocket this week too, Terry. Yeah, we could hit double figures this week. So yeah, no, pretty excited about that. <laughs> All the Taylor family tuning in. Thanks, yeah, uh, without, thanks, Lockie. Yeah, without doubt, <laughs> mum and dad are definitely Brittany and I's biggest fans. Trust me. Would you know how to use a podcast or get one started? Uh, no, but we've we've helped him out, and, and he listens to the show most weeks. So ah, oh, there you that, go. That's something you, you know. Our trainers listen to you. It's a tick. Yeah, I thought it was just uh, I thought it was just Luke Fernie listened for. Uh, so that, that gives us. Beauty. I like it. As I said, mate, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking up the invite to come on to the One One, the West Australian Racing Podcast, of course. Now, um, we have a rather low-key Blue Spec Stakes Day coming up at Belmont on Saturday. But before we dive into the preview and, of course, start gushing over showmanship, William Pike and the Cerise and White from last week, let's uh, take some time to get to know our guests a little bit better, Terry. What do you think? Let's do it. Lockie. Tell us about, uh, Terry's uh, mentioned that you're part of the uh, Taylor Racing family. Can you just give the listeners a bit of a background in your family history in uh, in thoroughbred racing? I think you've got a bit of a harness racing pedigree as well. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, it dates back to Nanny and Grandpa many, many years ago. So Grandpa was a very well-known horse and probably most well-known for his ability and his horsemanship skills in terms of breaking in horses. There's a famous story about him breaking in a champion pacer called Pure Steel and Steel. And basically he said that um, this horse was either not going to make it as a racehorse and would have to go somewhere else or he was either going to be a champion and, and Grandpa managed to break him in. And I think he ended up winning four pacing cups, a hunter cup. He won absolutely everything. Um, so Grandpa was a trainer, a thoroughbred trainer, and then also a harness trainer. And then Nat, driver as well. Yep, yeah, drove as well. Yeah. I'm not sure how well he drove, but <laughs> he he trained in both codes. Um, and then my grandmother, something I'm pretty proud about actually, is she was the first female trainer in WA, um, and is one of the most respected people I've ever seen. When she does attend the races, she doesn't go to the races too much now because That's she's lower, yeah. yep yeah. because she is a little bit older. But um, when she does go to the races, people stop everything and anything for her, and it's pretty cool to see um and then and then yeah dad dad he um was a jockey from the age of 14 i think he rode his first winner when he was 14 and he was 33 or 34 kilos when he rode that <laughs> winner <it> <laughs> um went on to be a two-time group one winning jockey um that famous story he was actually telling me on the way here it was that he got beaten by Mark Sestich in a jockey's premiership and he was ruled out and he didn't think he should have got suspended. Um, he was in front by two or three wins to Mark Sestich in the middle of June and then got ruled out for three or four months. And in the end, he went and drove. 
So he's been a jockey. He's drove the trots at Gloucester Park. Um, and then he's obviously become a, a Group 1 winning trainer as well. And, and mum's always played a pivotal part. And anyone that knows dad knows that he would be well and truly stuffed without mum. <laughs> so mum will be happy that I, I'm saying that. Um, and then Brittany's come along and, and been the shining light of the family and has trumped all of us, I think. I think we might be touching on some of that in um, Terry's 10 with Terry. <laughs> no, but, def- uh, definitely uh, not. Definitely very not. shortly. Definitely but, not. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, when I was growing up, it was always um, the Lois Taylor, Jimmy Taylor, the blue and gold sort of uh, quarters, I think, yep. was blue and gold quarters, yep. dark blue and gold quarters yep. were the colours. I think the horse that I remember mostly growing up was a stayer called Flying Graw. Yeah. Won a heap of features, day races. Cup, I think, as well. Yeah, and um, but then that was when your dad was sort of riding and – when I was sort of growing up, you know, so early teenage years, he was he was pivoting into thoroughbred training. Um, so just let the listeners know about some of the the, the really good horses that your your dad's um, put, put a saddle on, and um, and yeah, because there's been some real, um, I guess, elite talented thoroughbreds for sure. Yeah, the list is a pretty long one, yeah. and a list that I'm probably a little bit envious of. I've joined the stable quite late. I wasn't all all that involved during school. So it's only really been the last four or five years I've taken a real keen interest on the family business. And prior to me coming along, there was just so many good horses. Idyllic Prince is probably- coincidental that it stopped when you came along? (laughs) (laughs) I I blame whoever's picking them. But no, a lot of it comes down to luck and everyone in racing knows that. But just some of the horses like early days would have had Golden Delicious, Mm She wore the same colours. Um, she won a couple times at Mooney Valley. Then we had Idyllic Prince, Barricky, Magnificio, Haylist was in the stable for a period of time. Cool, cool business. Cool business. Mm-hmm. Um, Vane Raider. There's, there were so many. It was probably a period of 15 to 20 years that Dad had probably one of the top five open class sprinters in the state yep. at yep. any one time in the stable. And sometimes he had the best three or four sprinters in the state all in one stable. So um, I'm very jealous of the fact that I never got to work with them, but obviously he has a wealth of knowledge that he's now trying to pass on to Brittany and I. No worries. So you you went to Trinity College, you uh, went all the way through to year 12, then obviously and uh, apparently you've just finished a, a degree at uni, is that right? Yep. Yep, that's right. So, yeah, I wasn't involved in racing at all throughout school and um, – Basically, I finished school at the end of year 12, did leavers, had a had a good time like everyone does, and mum... Mum, <laughs> and mum Do tell. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a separate podcast, I think. Yeah. It's like the big brother after hours mission. It's, um, no, mum pretty much forced me to go work at the farm, and I just started off picking up yards while I was at uni. and Begrudgingly or willingly? No, it was willingly to yeah. begin. Like, when I began, I, I never... I've never been someone that was against helping my family out. Yeah. I've, I've always been happy to do so, but um, it wasn't really something that I knew I loved at that stage. It was just something I was doing whilst I was at uni. So, yeah, I finished my commerce degree earlier this year and was going to do a law degree, but um, I think my levels of productivity at uni whilst looking at form and, and whatnot, <laughs> I think it would have been a waste of time. So a commerce degree is all done and dusted and... Now um, I'm in the big world. So how were you able to live in that bubble 
away from racing and concentrate on your schooling and your sport and all that sort of stuff. How, how is that possible when you're living in a racing family? Like coming from a, my dad was a jockey as yeah. well and I grew up in the game. Like It just seems, seems like an impossibility. How, how, do, how are you able to, to do that and not be affected by it? Yeah, it's amazing looking back on it. Yeah. Um, I think I have, Brittany and I both have mum to thank. She saw the difficulties dad went through as a jockey. He, yeah. especially later on in his career, had to waste really hard and... It's, uh, as you'd know, you mm. could ask your dad or anyone, it's not easy. And she saw the difficulties that he went through and she was keen for Brittany and I to stay away from that. And dad respected that and he, and he never pushed us towards racing at all. And then I was just really involved with my sport. Um, growing up when I was 9, 10, 11, I was playing cricket, footy, golf, tennis. I was playing every sport. Then I went to Trinity and was really involved with um, with the school and was a little bit of an academic and I was just always focused on studying and, and the the racing side of things just didn't really interest me, which which annoys me because dad's two group one wins were when I was at school and I was there when Barracky won the winter bottom and I knew it was a big deal but didn't quite understand how hard it is to win a group one. And then I think when Magnificio won hers two or three years later, I think I was playing cricket or on a golf course. Like I just <laughs> didn't didn't really show much of an interest and that annoys me still to this day but yeah it's a it was a, an interesting upbringing not being around the horses at all when did you when did you know that the the game you got bitten by when 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 did you know it was sort of like oh, okay this is this is it i mean i'm i'm all in now oh, it was probably when i had started working at the stable or maybe even beforehand when you start getting teachers and then mates messaging you asking for tips hot, and you, hot tips yeah and you, and you go oh, and one or two might win and you go oh, I, I might know what i'm doing here yeah and that was three or four years ago then and and i look back now and go i had absolutely no idea <laughs> um but yeah it was just that small interest as a punter and tipping to mates that got me involved and then yeah, I was sort of the opposite. It was the punting that came first and then the love of the horse and the animal pretty much came second. Very good. So uh, people will know your voice from Racing Radio. Uh, you, you're you a member of the what's – the, what's the Sunday show? Sorry, Racing Rewind. Racing, Racing yep. Rewind on Tab Radio on Sunday mornings, but also race day. You are the uh, – Darren McCauley crosses to you pre-race for your mounting yard report. Uh, how's, all, how's all that going and what are your, what are your current – how do you manage to juggle your current involvements with Tab Radio and um, as well as obviously working for your dad at uh, Taylor Racing Stables? Yeah, I keep pretty busy. Mm. Um, if you ask any of my close mates, I'm the most boring 21-year-old on the planet because <laughs> my Saturday nights I'm just absolutely spent. But I spend Monday to Saturday each morning at the farm working for dad um, and then Wednesdays and Saturdays straight after I leave the farm, pretty much go home, get changed, have something to eat and then do the mounting yard mail for TAB radio um, throughout the meeting. And that's something I've really enjoyed and probably something I've actually helped me working with the horses back at the farm, just having a job that's purely looking at horses and identifying little deficiencies in their actions or walks or the way they look. Um, it's been a really interesting thing and something I've really enjoyed. And then on a Sunday morning, I go in and, and review the meeting and of recent times, I've had the opportunity to co-host the whole show, which has been really cool as well. And 
just working with older people who have been around for so long, like Darren McCauley, obviously, and then Marty Young. I've learned a a hell of a lot off them um, and they wouldn't even know it, but it's just been a, a really good opportunity that I'm, yeah, definitely pretty grateful for. So what is what is Lockie Taylor's racing future look like? Yeah, I'm not sure at this stage. I'm pretty happy to be doing what I'm doing at the moment. Um, training's an option. I, I love training. Uh, it, at the moment, Brittany, Dad and I work pretty closely together, um, but we were speaking before we started. It's just the, the rigours of racing. It's so hard and whether I want to do that for the rest of my life, I'm not sure. Time will tell. In reality, I'm still probably three or four years off anyway. Mm. So I'm in no rush. Um, in terms of the media side of things, I'm really enjoying doing what I'm doing. Probably the, the best thing about working for Tab Radio is that there's so many other young people as well. Like my sister's 25, Michael Heaton's a little bit older than Brittany, Scott's young. So there's a lot of other young people and we're all coming through and learning together which is really cool but um i'd love to get into the administration side of racing and and help wa racing go to a better place i think that's a, a real passion of mine so maybe down the line someday that might be something i'm interested in kerry yeah that's very interesting yeah um, actually just on the training thing can i just ask ask you one question when i was growing up um i'm pretty sure or not maybe until recent years, you did a lot of your training from Ascot. And then yeah, you- To an extent. To yeah. an extent. And then, or was it far, mostly fast work, I'm assuming, yeah, at Ascot? Yeah, And then you expanded your property and built some training tracks out at your property. Or just something I'm really interested in. How hard is it to, I mean, your dad would probably speak to him, or how hard is it to make that transition from a system that you know works, a tried, tested system, you've started your own facilities at home. What are some of the, the challenges and what are some of the things that you your stable has had to work through in able to, I don't know, to get the results that you're looking for? Yeah, it was really hard actually. Um, so what happened was that Main Roads bought the back eight acres of our property. So the existing Tonkin Highway um, runs through our old, or the back, eight acres of our current property um, and in doing so they had to build us a new track um, and basically that was a, a an awesome opportunity really to build a track but it meant that we weren't going to the track as much anymore and previously dad would meet Jason and a couple other jockeys at the track. Jason on, Brown, yeah. Yep, yep. On a Tuesday or Friday morning and they do their fast work at the track and then their slow work in the heavy sand at the farm. And it just took a, a probably a year and a half or two years even to completely find out a system that works where we are at the moment. And, yeah, it was definitely a challenge. Our, our horses, some of them went pretty average for a period of time and it just took a little bit of time to adapt. And anyone will tell you, like I remember when Luke came on the podcast talking about how different it was going from Kalgoorlie to Ascot. Like it's just so different for the horses and um, you need to know how much work to give them, how much to feed them. It's just there's so many different variables it's, that it's you a, need to control. It's a real science though, isn't it? It's and, much and, different to professional sport really. Yeah. If you're off by 2 3% in, in AFL, you're going to get found out pretty quickly. And if your horse is off by 2 3%, <laughs> you're going to get found out by that length or two that you need to win. So. Yeah, any trainer will tell you it, it is hard to yeah. win races. You mm. need everything to go right um, to win races. Like obviously you guys know as punters and so do I. 
even one split second decision that the jockey could make might be the wrong call. Jockey's never made an incorrect decision on any of the Not in your opinion But you have that side of things, but then you have the hours and hours of work that goes into a race and just the little things that can go wrong, like a foot abscess or a horse gets cast in its box. Like there's so many little things that can go wrong. You really do need a lot of luck to be successful. Yeah, yeah, and you, you need a lot of resilience too. Like, um, as you said, like you could have the horse cherry ripe on the day, and I think there was there was one horse that went to the races recently and it had it, you know had hurt itself in the float at a eye problem and had to get scratched or whatever. Yeah, and like so they've weapons done all weapons they've done all the work leading up to that, taking it to the races. This is ready to run a race, rah rah, rah and then it just can't even get can't even take its place in the field. So every, as you said, so many ducks have to be in a row just for the horse to jump out of the machine. Yeah. And then after that, the, it's um, hand, you know, it's over to the jockey to do the right thing, isn't it? So interesting. But what's more interesting is what our next segment, Terry. Everyone's favorite segment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a bit nervous. Nervous. Yeah. it's a bit nervous. It's been a while. No, nothing it's been to be while. nervous about at all. All right, Lockie, welcome to uh, 10 with Terry. Uh, very quick answers, just bang, bang, okay. bang. All right, under a minute, we'll get this done. All right, number one, um, now that Zab Merritt's left the stable, who's the best horse currently in the uh, in the tailor yard? Probably, in your opinion? I'd probably say Caracapo or Surveillance. I know his form hasn't shown at this preparation, but I'm really keen to see him out to 2,000. Keep, okay? the, keep the faith? Keep the faith. Okay. Who's, who's your favourite horse in the stable? Oh, a couple. Uh, I really like Black Shadow. He's a quirky animal. He's been good to me on the punt, but he's a real quirky animal. He actually lives with a family of emus in his yard, and it is the weirdest thing you ever see. So I love him for for that. We might need to speak to those emus before doing the form for him on uh, <laughs> on Saturday. They might uh, have the good oil. Uh, Lockie, I hear rumours uh, you were the head boy at high school uh, growing up, and that uh, that butter wouldn't melt in your mouth, but <laughs> I just wanted to know, despite the early success, uh, how's it been growing up in the shadow of your big sister? Yeah, I've, I've got used to it. <laughs> Believe it or not, I was the golden child of the family. Uh, or not, I won't say the family, the golden child in mum's eyes. And the way Brittany and I measure it is Facebook posts. So you go back to when I was in year 11 and 12 <laughs> at school, mum was putting up Facebook posts all the time of me doing good things at school. And you look through her Facebook post now, there's, oh, I'm hardly seen. It's like she doesn't have a son, so. Um, oh, that was meant yeah. more as a joke question. If you've answered it seriously, now I feel a bit bad. Uh, what is your favourite uh, win on the punt or most memorable punting story or what, what would be the thing that stands out the most in a uh, betting sense? Oh, Lucky Raw. I said it on Twitter last night. She was a real good one to me. It was her first two career wins were at about $10 each and I was only eight, it might have even been 17, maybe 18. And yeah, I won a good, a good amount for an 18 year old. And so she was always close to my heart. But then in recent times, I think everyone tipped him that day, spilling over um, a couple of years ago in December, just found the front and absolutely bolted in. That was a really good day. And then- Could it be that day, a recent white runner. 
Oh, about three, didn't it? Yeah, Royal Commander. Yeah, think, through Barrier Royal fourteen yeah. yep. started a dollar ninety. It just didn't look good for it. So most, that, most of us gave the spilling over money back over the next few starts, yeah, so, didn't we? That was the thing. Yeah. Remember that time we got beaten by Mad Brad? That was a good day. Yeah, they're probably the the two that stand out to me. But yeah, there's a couple others. Well, that actually leads me to a further question, further down the line. But I better I better slip it in now. I've I've heard a, a little rumor that you've um, been diagnosed with um, post race punter syndrome. <laughs> um, <laughs> apparently, in 2018, it actually. Involves Lucky Raw. Just tell me if this is true or not. But uh, the lads were pretty keen, apparently, about the twenty-one bucks for uh, for flying Raw. And um, you told them, "Boys, don't worry, boys. It's probably going to be scratched. No point having a bet here." And then post race, when it uh, when it absolutely craps home, you uh, you told them it was uh, absolutely bolting at home, and you had a little fill up. <laughs> is this true? No, that's not true. <laughs> it's it's not true because she started thirty four dollars, not twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think I told a couple of close mates of mine to back her the drum. Like they seven, might, they seven might not dollars. be your close mates anymore. <laughs> no, I, I told them to back her the place at seven dollars and. I couldn't help myself. I had to have something on it. There you go. Or I, something, wasn't so. there like a Twitter tweet like hashtag free money or something like that from Lockie? So burner account or something. <laughs> Does it sound like me? That's how you afforded those shades you had on in that uh, photo you chucked up. Uh, who was a tougher competitor as a racehorse? Barricky or Barricky Beats? <laughs> um, well, it depends from what perspective. Barricky, the tougher racehorse, but uh, Barracky Beach was definitely the, the tougher to punt on, that's for sure. All right, Barracky Beach is the answer. All right, <laughs> the following three are true or falses. All right, I'm well informed that as a very young man, um, you like to pretend you were a thoroughbred yeah, that's... and uh, roll around the backyard pulling the shillelagh on yourself. That's true, 100% true. Thought I was Damien Oliver and a horse at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Stable jockey, Jason Brown. Uh, can be a little bit gruff and grumpy at times on social media and in a K&E's occasional interview. Um, I get the feeling though, deep down, he's a bit of a softy. True or false? True, true. 100%. Got that right. And finally, Lockie, this has been requested from um, a few of our female listeners. Uh, there's a rumour going around uh, that you've been approached to be next year's bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> false. True or false? False. false. Okay, no. Keep that one off. I, so. I wish it was true. I need all the help I can get. Oh, we, uh, <laughs> so ladies to... hear that, you're still a chance. <laughs> we so we'll, to... uh, we'll, we'll give Lockie's number out later on air. So yeah. We need to get a market on that too. I'm sure you have plenty I of... I will run yeah. a book 100%. Yeah, I'll we need to get a market on, on that. that. I'm sure you have 100%. plenty of 21-year-old girls that listen to the one one <laughs> as well. <laughs> Popular. That's a popular demographic for yeah. us. Well, thank you for uh, being good sport, Lockie, and 10 with 10. And let's uh, have a look at the cardo. Looking forward to it. Let's get stuck in. All right. So before we do that, sorry, guys, we have to quickly touch on the wizard, William Pike. He made an immediate impact uh, in Melbourne with showmanship winning the last Pike in the last at Caulfield last Saturday. He uh, showmanship got the job done in the fastest last 200 metres of the day and announced himself as a legitimate autumn, spring, Melbourne carnival heavy hitter. Lockie, what did you think of showmanship? A massive win. In the run, did you guys feel he didn't look comfortable at all? Like I thought he was in some real trouble from – the six or 700 metre mark. And to me, my first initial thoughts were that he didn't handle Caulfield all that well. But then once he straightened up at the 500 metre mark, he just let down. And oh, I think he ran the fastest final 200 of the meeting or something like that. Yeah, he did. Yep. yep. Yeah, it was a scary win. 
Well, it's it's a funny one because a lot of Bob's horses, I if they're under sufferance, um, a lot of them at the six, the eight, they're under sufferance. You sort of with most stables or most, you think, oh, geez, we're in a bit of yeah, that's true. Here. But they seem to but with them, you know, pick up the bit. But most people, yeah, we did have a bit of concern. I think it's just been from a personal point of view, punting on the um, the Cerise and White, and probably seeing what they can do, and especially pick up late in races. I, I didn't uh, I didn't feel a great deal of nerves. Um, there was obviously a fairly big betting drift. I mean, we spoke about. I'm at a dollar eighty, I think dollar eighty five on Thursday. There were scratchings which deducted that price to sub a dollar sixty, and he still got out to over. Yeah. Why are you laughing, BJ? I don't even want to talk about. It. Uh, uh, but he still, uh, yeah, got out to uh, he got out to a pretty healthy price. And I sound like you now, Lockie. I'm doing a post race. Uh, I'm doing the post race bundles and go. But uh, no, huge. And uh, as you mentioned uh, before we started, BJ, you think um, he could have been competitive in the uh, Regal Power. Arcadia Queen race who perhaps weren't as uh, impressive on the surface. Yeah, I reckon he would have won that race. Mm. Yeah, um, easy to say. Um, but I just think he's he's over there. He's ready to go, and he he's looking to to um, make his mark uh, straight away. Whereas uh, Arcadia Queen and Regal Power, obviously on they're building, they're building mm. through through their preparation. I probably was expecting more from Regal Power. I thought Arcadia Queen went. Okay, uh, but they both looked. They both travelled really strong. They looked a bit fresh. The tempo was muddling. Uh, I'd expect significant. Did, significant I, didn't watch, I didn't watch any of the other significant races. improvement. How yeah. did Caulfield play? From, uh, from what pace, I, yeah. yeah, from what I heard, it was leaderish, and that yeah, okay. was the reason behind the drift for yep. showmanship. That does make sense. Yeah, yeah, and um, but yeah, the, uh, it was interesting. There was. Is for the amount he rode two hundred thirty nine winners last year, William Pyre, right? across the country. Yet he's still a bit of a polarizing figure, which is it really fascinates me. So there was one guy uh, uh, racing Twitter, racing Twitter pundit, Lewis oh, Lewis this, Willoughby. Yeah, let's name and shame. I'm happy with the name and shame. I don't want to name and shame him, but it was just like he, no, this is one hundred percent a name and shame. This is exactly what this is. A name. He wasn't impressed with the handling. This is this is his tweet quote: "Lucky he had a very good horse under him then, Pike, not All his." Right. We're running a new segment called um, Dickhead of the Week or <laughs> worst, worst Tweet of the Week and I think uh, we found our winner. So, but, Like, I mean... He's three deep with cover. I, I reckon... <laughs> From horse, gate nine. Uh, I reckon if you said pre-race, where do you want to be? It was the exact spot he was and, like, get him out with enough time to, to show how good he is. So, do you know what will be the interesting watch? I don't know if you were going to go there after this. Um, yeah. Is Windstorm on Saturday mm -hmm. because around Mooney Valley for a horse who we think showmanships takes a, a few strides to... Sort of pick up and find his best. Windstorm takes longer to pick up, and um, I'd, I'm really interested to see how Windstorm handles Mooney Valley. I was pretty excited to take the even money showmanship on last Saturday. I won't be touching it this week, but yeah. um, I think I think I think sort of something like what you said about leading girl the other day. Windstorm either wins or is a good thing, but I reckon mm. that's that's the way it'll it'll play That'd out. Be on interesting, Saturday. like I have absolutely no idea about Melbourne racing, but the Valley it's either like. They lead and kick and win, or the, it has that velodrome effect. Yeah. And I'm so keen to see him wind up down the side and then let rip with 150 metres to reckon, go. Uh, oh, you need someone to do a map for that race if you were going to have a punt. If you yeah. saw six average leaders in the race and you knew they were going to bunch on the bend, you'd And you think, knew well, he was going to get a reasonable mm, toe in. Yeah. Like you'd, 
you'd have a crack, but I would Tough ride. For, at even money, there's um, Pike's got nothing really to gain from that ride, really, just just to lose. So I reckon that'll be a very tough steer for William. But, uh, well, we'll see I, what, we'll see what Lewis Willoughby has to say well, after we yeah. install <laughs> But no, all, all, good, all good, Lewis. But the thing with the thing I just want to touch on with Pike is what people don't necessarily understand with, with Pike is um, how much horses – fine for him and his his strength is in the way that he's patient and balanced and cool calm and collected and just the way that he allows them to work through their gears and i think the more that he rides in victoria the more people will will, will gain that greater appreciation of what his strengths are and just just how bloody good he is you know what i mean i mean he is as lewis said he did he did have a good horse underneath him so i'll give him that but the pike knows how to ride good horses and he's a champion he's an absolute champion jockey i think the polarizing aspect um with pike he's riding is his patience and some people he will it will cost him races sometimes being a bit too patient he could have gone early he could have um, put the horse into the race earlier but it will win him and this is what i say to people will win him more races than it loses him by waiting for that run and if you put your horse into the race and we were discussing it before jared noski i think tactically has ridden all of the cerise and white runners without success um but i think he's ridden them quite well since he's taken over but jared's style is to put them into the race pre-bend and to take and to sort of i mean you saw your delta bells giant leaps um you couldn't ride those two even money pops really any better um but his style is just slightly different from williams and that that sort of could potentially be affecting and changing some results yeah i think i think jared's used to riding for stables who i guess like to I guess bounce and put them there. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's a it's a whole it's a whole different dynamic when you're riding for Team Williams. Just the way they train the horses, the way they like them to be ridden, and, um, and I think Jared's just going to improve every time he rides a Team Williams horse. So as you said, like he hasn't done tactically, no, very sound. But not it's just yeah, it, it, that's the art art of you know that's the craft of. Being the jockey, he will be it? playing on his mind before he jumps on leading girl. I reckon most of Australia will be on uh, on uh, Saturday, but we'll touch on that shortly. Absolutely. So just a just a quick uh, shout out to the Wizard Pikey. Three rides at Mooney Valley on Saturdays in races five, seven, and nine. Pike in the last, the Get Out Stakes. He's riding his Melbourne Long Range Melbourne Cup booking Shabao first up in the last, but Windstorm will be going around in race seven over twelve hundred meters. So sounds like a drinking be- game. Do you ever play that one? Shabao. Shabao. Shabang. No. Shabang. Shabao. Never heard of that one. No. Okay, let's move on. No. Gee, levers must have been pretty low key. Lucky. Never, never played Shabao. <laughs> <laughs> Why did um, I say that shit? Um, and just while we're on the Cerise and White, on a more uh, serious note, I suppose, some sad news announced online this morning with former champion race mayor, and I guess one of, I guess, the younger generation of WA racing fans' all-time favourite horses, Delicacy. She passed away, um, sadly. So she has two Pieros on the ground with a yearling filly named Very Likely and a weanling, weanling colt named More Likely. So her name will live on through her progeny. But uh, I think the best way that we can remember her delicacy for the champion she is is uh, a replay of her Herculean 2016 Perth Cup victory. What do you think, fellas? Yeah. Sounds good. Here we go. Going out to the riverside with 1,000 to go, and Miller's made this bold and audacious move on Kirov Boy to go to the lead from Badamajo. A length and a half away, then proper anties. Neverland's up, running fourth on the outside for Pike. Woodsville going forward as well here at the 800. Down on the inside, Delicacy from Fulger. There's Savannarola, who's on the march outside of the roughy. Dust me off. Also taking off now, Real Love from Ask Me Nicely and Tower of Lonro in a bunching field. Respondent cluttered up. 
up on the inside and they're followed by Dark Musket Dubai Escapade last of all no more than seven lengths from the leader but Damajo's worked away back to the front Kirov boy calling it a day came back underneath the neck of Delicacy though around the outside real love with Woodsville at the top of the straight but Damajo the leader from Woodsville Neverland still there she gets up on the inside real love joins in here comes Dark Musket though with a run Neverland Dark Musket real love and now Delicacy here she comes Delicacy under the 59 went to Neverland and real love Dark Musket it's Delicacy against the inside sublime brilliant greatness in the cup Delicacy beat Neverland Okay, gents, it's time to preview Blue Spec Stakes Day. Uh, so we're recording. It's a bit later today, so it's mm. 12.30 on Thursday, August 20. We have Pinjara Racing this afternoon. Uh, Carnarvon on Friday. Terry, getting involved? Yeah, oh, I love the dirt, you know, man. Love me dirt. <laughs> Nine events coming at us uh, at Belmont on Saturday, and we're finishing up with Tats Cup with a Tats Cup card, Kalgoorlie, on Sunday. So things are starting to really sort of heat up in the goldfields. So yeah, down to the you're across, I should say, not down across to the goldfields for the uh, for the round as well, Lockie. Oh, I will be. I yeah. was just informed a couple of days ago that I'll be heading up, and I'm. Very, very excited. I've actually never been to Kalgoorlie, and I forgot to tell Luke Fernie that yesterday at the races, so mm. I'll need Luke to take me under his wing, I think. Yeah, no, we're all <laughs> heading up as well, so I, uh, I guess they will. Is that, uh, is that an advisable thing to do? No, it's not. It's, it's, it's not. Luke, Luke rang me yesterday. I reckon if you're under Luke's wing, it'll be a fairly big week for you, so you might be a bit bleary-eyed on the uh, on the box, I think. So, so you're going um, up there uh, to do to work for Tab Radio? I am, so yeah. I'm I thought you might my... be going up there to strap or to take care of... Um, like no, 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 no horses going up there from our stable okay. at this stage anyway. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'll be doing mounting yard previews for TRB Radio as I usually do here on a Wednesday or Saturday, but obviously up there will be on Hannon's Day and then Cup Day. Well, it looks like Terry's recruiting a very strong team to Gee take on what? the Goldfields, eh? Hey? Gee, well, we're going to... Well, the Goldfields got me last year and I usually don't have a bad little... Uh, Carnival. I saw uh, someone chucked up as a Boynes winner, the 12, 11, 12 year old a few years ago. That was, that was that, a, that's still my favourite ever win. I've gone to the last five years. Actually, I'm going as uh, the reigning uh, Calcutta champion from the um, yes. from the Haddon, so I need to go um, back to back. It's a shame that Caracaho's not going up, actually. I think, yeah, think Zoo Boyne was a mastermind question recently. As well. oh, yeah. yeah, had his last. I remember he came to town, had his last race the week before he turned 13. 13 Did you stop yeah. racing when you turned 13? Yes. Is that the right? Yes. Yeah. And um, he went brilliantly that day, ran fourth or fifth. At whatever price so should have let him keep going he's probably, he's probably he'd probably still be going at 18 now um all right so many thanks to our friends at the mundaring hotel and market city meets actually go terry we did have some uh we we're fortunate enough oh, to did i miss that question with Lockie as well i did what's that didn't ask him if he liked the pineapple on his steak sandwich <laughs> Oh, jeez, that was actually on my list. So, I've just so skipped it. Was not it. Nine with Terry. Oh, my God, it was, yeah. Oh, nine. we can't go back and I can't answer it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just quietly, he was raving about it pre, uh, pre-podcast. pre So how was your steak sandwich from Market City Meats? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. So thank you to Market City Meats and thank you to Terry. <laughs> oh, it was, it was an elite piece of beef, wasn't it? Yeah, it uh, certainly outstanding. was. Outstanding. So thanks to the Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meats. They sponsor our... WA Racing Mastermind and Get Out Stakes competitions respectively. Stay tuned for more information on how to enter these competitions throughout the preview. So my pre-markets analysis, the leg up that was released 7 a.m. this morning on bestbets.com.au can also be viewed on the Ozrace website. While of course, Terry and Daniel, Daniel Cripps, Combined Forces for the Wild West video preview, which is available on the Betfair hub, betfair.com.au on Friday mornings. Also, 
Terry, what's all this BetFest state of origin business all about? It's all over Twitter. It's trending. It's all Latent happening, crips. It? It's everywhere. We're declaring can you, can, ourselves Can you well? tell the listeners more about the BetFest state of origin competition, BetFair origin? I can. So it's run over the next 10 weeks. Uh, we get uh, 10 units per week to bet wherever we want. We'll obviously be sticking to uh, to the WA stuff. You have to use two of those uh, units as lay bets. So we, we laid Euro trip yesterday, who at the time was four bucks, ended up ended up trading at 13 and you get the, the, good S- result you get the, the SP and it has lost by a lip, an absolute lip at 13 to one too. So we got given 0.14 units for that one, which was huge for the lads. But um, now there's uh, the five teams from across Australia, some fairly likely lads, some some reasonable punters I involved in there. Yeah, there's, some, um, there's some big names there. Uh, we're uh, we're keeping the powder dry again today, um, but I reckon you might see uh, you might see a little lash at Kalgoorlie Sunday. I just I don't think it'd be anything better than knocking off everybody in the east at eight o'clock p.m. Uh, <laughs> Eastern Standard Time in the last at Kalgoorlie with Keshaw Duran just coming down the outside and going wallop. So. Yeah, we'll wait and see. But no, very much, uh, very excited about uh, the next 10 weeks of that competition and we'll, we'll keep updating everyone. Cool. Yeah, if you want to check out the goings-on, go to the Betfair Hub. As I said, betfair.com.au or follow Terry and Daniel on uh, their Twitter profiles. It's uh, it's all there. Um, and, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the boys come up with this weekend. So how much do you have to bet each week, Terry? Sorry? Ten units. Ten units. But yeah. eight of them are bet units. or we have to, At least two of... have to be lay units. So, okay, cool. Yeah, so the other eight. So we only get eight units to bet over the – well, with Carnarvon this week, there's five um, meetings. So we, we held fire yesterday, which was lucky because... Will there be some arguments? Uh, well, there's been... We're, we're trying to have... Uh, we usually agree on one or two a while. We actually usually agree on quite a lot, but we we usually agree heavily on one or two a week. We've had a quick discussion about Saturday's card and uh, and yesterday and today, and we haven't really agreed on many that we really like together. So unless something turns up, Cal Gawley... So we it's might shambles just, early. It is. Yeah, it's a shambles. Yes, yeah. That's, that's the best way. I could have summarised it very well. It, it's a shambles early, yes. And I suppose because there's two of you, there's not that one person for the deciding vote as well. So it'd be interesting to see how the boys go uh, this weekend. And uh, and I think that runs all the way through to when? Cox, Cox Plate Day. Cox Plate Day. Okay, so cool. All right, we'll be giving our listeners regular updates on that moving forward. Uh, of course, Terry, would you like to tell everyone where they can find the one one? Uh, also, the one one is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. BJ. Very good, Terry. Thank you very much. Preview time. Let's get cracking. Blue Spec Stakes Day, Belmont Park on Saturday. August 22, the rail is in the 12-meter position. We're expecting a fine day on Saturday, but mm. there was a, a lot of rain around 30 mil Belmont has fallen on Belmont over the last seven days, none in the last 24 hours. So it's a soft five at the moment, a bit of drying weather today, tomorrow, and probably leading up to Saturday. I'm, I'm assuming it'll still be slightly affected because- um, Yeah, I'm interested to hear Lockie's thoughts actually in regards to just, just I know we can call the track a, a softer, heavier, whatever, a good, doesn't matter. What, what, what do you think the track, what type of condition do you think the track's in at the moment? Tired. Tired, yeah. Tired, that's, that's exactly tired right. is the one word yep. I would use to describe that Tremendous track. adjective, by the way, Lockie. I'm really happy with that. That's <laughs> Thank actually, you. That's actually bang on, Oregon. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's just, it's difficult to predict pre-meeting how the track's going to play. I think of late it's played relatively fair, but you can still tell it's tired even when the track's a good four. They're running soft five, soft yeah. six times, and 
yeah, I think tight's the one the one way to describe well, it. Well, yesterday the the Vince Cardi figures came through. I think the best performance of the day was like minus ten overall, mm. minus ten lengths mm. below benchmark. So it was it was. I mean, the, the quality of horses obviously wasn't wasn't there, but still they were running more like six seven times sort of thing. It's a very confusing track at the moment. What is your uh, opinion on the 150 meter mark as well? I saw uh, the trench. Jack mm. Young chuck something on Twitter this morning. That was a really good point he made. Mm. Um, it just seems to be getting glossed over by everyone. But have you got any feedback that it's sort of unsafe or is there any major concerns or because the horse is continually misstriding at the 150. I don't know how much you've seen about that or know about that. It may not have affected your yard as yet, but um, it's sort of every third race you're finding that in the stewards report there's a um, yeah, horse misstrode at the 150, put them off balance. I mean, the, the probably the biggest, um, the most notable was Essential Spice in, was Essential Spice, BJ? Uh, no, no Angel Angelic, Angelic Ruler. Ruler. Yeah, sorry, sorry yeah. Yeah. Angelic Ruler um, in the... Um, uh, Belmont, race, Sprint. Belmont Sprint over the 1400 um, and I mean I think Angelic Rula was going straight past him that day and, and that was probably the most notable one for me but uh, has that been something that's, um, that you've come across? Oh, it's been a massive talking mm -hmm. talking point amongst industry participants at the races away from the races for sure I think Chris Nation and his team are doing everything they can at the moment but in the end I've spoke to Chris a couple times about it and I think in the end what is going to be key in fixing it moving forward is a full renovation at the end of the season. So mm -hmm. I truly don't think we're going to see horses not dip at the 150 metre mark until we get back to Ascot obviously and Chris and his team can do a full revamp at Belmont and for now it's just something we have to deal with. The yeah. jockeys don't think it's dangerous at this stage so yeah. obviously we're still race on it. Um, but yeah, there's not much we can really do we about it now. It feels like it's more prevalent as the rail moves out further as well. Don't, don't you reckon? I reckon okay. when the rail's, I, when, when yeah, the rail's so inside, it doesn't seem to have that much of an impact. To Chris, I it's like 10, 12, 15, it starts to sort of. The ladies of London did it badly yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Where was yesterday? Last. Where seven, were we? Seven, eight. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think Chris said something about there's a certain position that it's at its worst. Yeah. And then there's particular positions where it's pretty much non existent. And if you went back and followed rail positions and the regularity of when it actually happens, you'd realise, but um, obviously he does realise being the track manager, but, yeah, it's something that they need to definitely fix before next season. Yeah, so with the rail at 12 metres tomorrow, we can look forward to all of our best bets, uh, having a bit of a jump <laughs> at the 150 and, uh, and going down by a uh, short lip. But the 12 metre position tomorrow is interesting. Um, my uh, data has the last three meetings at 12 metres, which obviously goes back sort of three and a half months type thing, especially the last two though, which were a bit more recent, as being heavy um, rails in run. So what I found is whenever I allow for that, it, uh, it goes the exact opposite. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to completely allow for that, but it's pretty, that, that's sort of three meetings um, where it's been really obvious data that the rail has played better um, than anywhere else. So I think we've got to keep that in mind when uh, potentially getting involved with anything that's going to settle rearwards, um, make sure you get the right price for it early, I guess. Yeah. And especially with no rain sort of forecast mm -hmm. um, yep. for the next few days. And it's actually quite beautiful. Uh, we might get it. We're going to get a shower in the other. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're we going have to talk to Seventy percent chance. Data. Yeah, I know. We're going to have to get the, the good oil through. Yeah, yeah. Get the uh, get the finger up in the air and uh, yeah, just just see what's coming through. <laughs> get involved. Let's do it. Race one uh, is the go racing for free before the footy maiden. Uh, Twelve hundred meters maiden. Jeez. Um Eleven fifty one a.m. Bounce down. 
A pretty sort of flat start to Blue Spec Stakes Day. We should just record like the same opening every <laughs> single week. <laughs> yeah, I think the listenership know that um, we're not huge fans of Maidens on Saturdays, but um, our guest Lockie Taylor. Let's just throw him under the bus and get him to tackle the yeah. maiden first up. Yeah, let him do it. <laughs> Believe it or not. I'm going to go watch the first of Pinjaro. <laughs> Believe it or not, I I don't think I've played one of these maidens on a Saturday for a very, very long time. But I'm actually, no, I wouldn't say keen, but yeah. no, I will say keen actually. I'm keen on enduring moment. I thought its first up run was mm. massive, off the track, second up run, very similar. Foxwood form is slightly questionable and I can say that because he's from our own stable, but just the way this gallop has gone about it and it's two, uh, well, four career starts to date, but in particular, it's two starts, this preparation. It's just been a, a real, two real flashing red light runs and I've just been waiting for him to draw a barrier and finally he does. I have a slight query on where the favourite fiery water gets to. What were your what were your impressions in regards to him? Yeah, I think Fiery Waters. Yeah, I think Fiery Waters. Did you have outside the leader? I'm with Lockie. I think Fiery Waters is going to get planted here. I think Fiery Waters is the best horse in this race, but I think Enduring Moment is the horse that's going to get the map. I agree. Um, Enduring Moment was back first up. I think it's it's. I'm a big where there's smoke, there's fire person, Um, and I reckon that first up. Um, when enduring moment was, I don't know, it was, it was something like 10 bucks into about five bucks. So that date, the trip was really brave behind. So sway, I think it was that day. Yep. Um, really big run. Then last out, the money wasn't there as strongly, but again, sat deep and um, it, it's pretty hard to win a race sitting deep at the best of times. So um, Enduring Moment should park up right behind Miss Brighton and um, and Fair America. Uh, I'm guessing your map has Miss Brighton crossing Fair America, BJ, which yeah. then gets fiery water to the breeze. Yeah. Fiery water gets to the breeze. I think it could be, it could be race over because it's, it's um, debut where it ran third. That was on a cold rail, a very, very, very bad cold rail. So it makes it, it was run. Pike on a leader that day too. It was Pike on a leader yeah. and it trolled better than Irritable Rodney um, at, its, at its performance before that. So worried about where it gets. I've marked him 270. No, what have I marked him? Three bucks, fiery water, 350 enduring moment. I'm, uh, I'm staying out. The only thing I'll say is. From those that don't mind looking for something unique in a race, <laughs> Peter Fernie could have had permission in yes. on Sunday over 1,300 metres. I don't know. You just see Peter Fernie, yeah, hey. And he's come down to Perth. And he's come down so. to Perth. I don't know. Mitchell I don't know why Mitch and Pape with 56. He was riding – Mitch is riding something else at 56 later in the day. I'm sure he hasn't got down to ride permission here. <laughs> um, but that's an interesting run. I have no idea how to price that. I have no idea where to put it. So – um, just an interesting runner to watch, but I think the market's pretty bang on at the minute. Yeah, I think it's two-horse race. I, I lent towards Fiery Water. I think Jade will be Jade McNaught will be positive, as Terry said. We'll come across with the light lead, leader, Miss Brighton, who's sort of drawn, sort of directly or one or two gates inside Fiery Water. Fiery Water can get to the breeze. I think that um, uh, he can get it done first up from a spell. Adam Durant. Uh, training, uh, enduring moment, I can, has um, met with some support locally um, since markets were released and they're going to jostle for favouritism and, yeah, I think it's a pretty much a two-horse race. So, But I'm leaning fiery water. Yep. It's hard to dive in at the 270, isn't it, from yep. barrier eight? And you sort of, I was $3. Sort of yeah, I was $3. I'm but I was, yeah, yeah. I was $4 enduring moment. Have so. a look at what the, the market does later. Okay. Race two is the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap over 1,400 metres. Yeah, this doesn't really get the blood pumping either, Guru, does it? Mm. Um, for me, a little bit of blood. 
Yeah. It'll be not not a huge amount of blood. Like price I'm dependent blood pump? Uh, well, they're all price dependent blood pumps. Should well, we stop using that analogy now, Greg? <laughs> I don't think we've gone far enough there. I just think that, uh, well, yeah, I, I suppose for me, from a tipping point of view, I think this looks a really nice option for playing Marika. Um, but uh, she is a mare who Weak can let you down mm. when you uh, when you really don't really want her to, I suppose. So. Yeah, she's how um, yeah how big a how big a sprint does playing Marika have? I mean, two starts ago uh, against had the back of Belmont Pago, who don't get me wrong, that's that's a very good form line. But Belmont Pago did the work. Noski was on the back with playing Marika and. Gee, she gets off the back, she gives 100 metres and she just has enough. She gives up on the sprint. I mean, we've seen her hit the front. Remember last campaign, sorry, hit the front. She was all completely over. stopped. Yeah, just <laughs> completely stopped. So, and then last start, CJP's found the 1-1 one, one behind Captivated Point. Just gave it the gun too. Yeah, he just, oh, my God. I don't know. Look, when, it, you, when I first did this race on paper, I just thought playing Marika's $1.80, probably yep. type thing. But I've ended up getting playing Marika just shy of $3.00. Three three dollars with my uh, very good Terry with my yeah <laughs> uh, I'm not copying that anymore uh, with my market but the, what I found guys really interesting here was the map so comfort me handed up last start to Simonelli um, that was an announcement that came through um, why though well oh, obviously they were up in trip wanted to try something different you have yeah. to remember it was on a cold rail the previous start and E always and uh, Advocator who beat at home that day have both made that form look pretty good but um, I am interested here if they surely they just try and lead this don't they have to because if they don't they're going to get crossed by Schimmel and I don't reckon that's the horse or heroic words potentially you don't want to get crossed by either of those is Schimmel is or heroic way. words so I reckon that um, I reckon we'll have comfort me out on top we'll have Schimmel to the breeze we'll have playing Marika in the 1-1 and we will have Stella Ann on the back of comfort me Schimmel will be the first horse beaten and that will mean that playing Marika a horse who we just said has a tiny little sprint will have to be off and going with 300 to go potentially because Schimmel's not going to give it a toe into the race so looking at that this is a really I've really analyzed this map deeply yeah. Schimmel's gone Stella Ann gets off the back of Comfort Me Comfort Me isn't that good a horse I think Stella Ann will not be popular in this market with the low weight I think it's a Jade McNaught type of horse I'm happy with the um, that booking as well I reckon um, from a map point of view this is really going to play into the hands of Stella Ann and I'm surprising myself by saying Stella Ann's well. one of my best of the day I'm, I'm, not, as I'm well. not surprised at all and I, I, reckon actually, we, I reckon we're going to get a little bit of a, a price about 11 to 1 at the moment 11 bucks at the moment I reckon we might see more even I actually thought that that's exactly where you would go. You would go. I think she was yeah. your Maddie a couple of starts ago. She and, was. If yeah. this was at a mile, I would be. Um, yeah, I'd be. I'd be carrying on uh, like a pork chop. But uh, fourteen hundred is probably a little bit below her peak distance. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is pretty pretty weak. Better when Bell hops up to the fourteen hundred with Maddie on. It's going to be last or wide. It's going to be a pretty difficult steer, I'd suggest. And um, Deception Game can win. It's going well enough. But dearie mate, they're going to be out the back door. So what have you what have you done? Stellar game. Ah, oh, sorry, Stellar Stella Ann, yeah. Stellar Ann, each way, all day. Lucky. Oh, I found this a tough one. Um, <laughs> it just screams of a race where just about every single horse is on their mark. You go through it, deception game, to me, seems like he's on his mark. He's a little bit hard to catch, hasn't won in 402 days. Bedouin Bell, hard to catch. Play Marika has had plenty of opportunities. She seems like she's on her mark. Comfort me, maybe, yeah. a slightly progressive horse. So that was the one I was keen to be with in a race I'm not keen to play in. But am I willing to take 310, which is what he is currently when 
I really don't know whether they are intent on finding the front, probably not. If I knew 100% for sure that Comfort Me was going to find the front, I'd be willing to play him at four or five dollars, but not at three dollars. Um, so that's the way that I affect Stellar Antigs. If they don't go to the front with Comfort Me, Stellar Ant ends up three back the fence, and I don't want to send on three back. Surely it's know, negligent so. on their behalf if they don't lead on Comfort Me. Just got to do a quick little map and look. Okay, if Golly. we don't lead, if, if we're going to get a great horse in front of us, tying us, maybe hand up. Fair enough, but you're going to get Shimmel. And he, he just profiles like the type of horse that has tactical speed, but it's just that fraction one pace. So yeah. I think he'll actually love the step up to 1,400 metres, but he's not a sit and sprint horse. And I thought he was unsuited by the sit and sprint style of last start. So if they roll to the top and Craig lets him roll from the 500 metre mark, he can really run a race, but- Make them make them get past him. That's, yeah. That's, exactly and right. like, it's like that maiden last Saturday. It was like fire goddess and trade for express. Just see the numbers I did there. They went neg three thousand so lengths to the six or something. I, know, well, I said on the is. I said on the show. I said Jason Morning has to lead on trade for it. Just lead, and Sean McGrae's bounced out. Fire got us. He got to the top, and it was. I, I can see a, I can see a similar sort of situation here mm. where the leader just and nothing is good enough to run it down. Do Mark you know I mean? wise at the moment though, like I I agree hundred percent. I think you're going to end up like, at the moment. You're about getting the same place price for Stellar Anne as you are getting for the win. Comfort me. So. Look, from an each way point of view, I think that makes more sense. But I think they went up five five bucks or so this morning, comfort me, which, which was above. Is that above. is that intent that they might roll forward? Uh, no, I don't, yeah, no, I think that's, uh, yeah, well, I, I, I would be amazed. I'd be absolutely amazed if they don't roll forward here. I mean, they leveled up to Simonelli last night yeah. as well at the 200. And from there, you would have thought this is uh, this is all over. But that wasn't the strongest race. But in saying that, Simonelli was coming from a pretty um, – a pretty good form reference the race before. It was three wide, three wide deep cover, huge. Expressionist. Yeah, expressionist. yeah, so, yeah, no, I um, interesting race, but uh, from a map point of view, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys in regards to the fact that I think Comfort Me will we'll lead and Stella Rand behind them and we'll, they could dominate the race, especially if we see that hot rail, VJ. Mm, hot rail. Mm. Pete McCormick would love to hear that. Mm, Playing, I tipped Plan Marika. I'm not keen on this race at all. I tipped Plan Marika and Comfort Me. I think they uh, Plan Marika to beat Comfort Me. They should fight it out for mine. However, just having a quick look at and listen to what you guys had to say, this is a, this could be anything like it. Just feels like a Neville Parnham setup. No. You know, like this. Surely not. I know, surely not. But this is the sort of race that he somehow manages to get these ordinary horses to bub up and pinch a. They win a race of prep or something like that at a price, mm -hmm. and then it's just you know, it's just he, they, they, he's got a gift at a knack at doing that with really average horses, just finding a race and they just just bob up. But yeah, this is a pretty pretty low old race. So um, yeah, I'll be staying out. Okay. All right, race three, the All Flags Signs and Banners Handicap. I'm glad they're getting a regular gig. Uh, over the 2,000 metres, Lockie, tell us about uh, Black Shadow. Comeback really well. Probably has come back a superior horse to last preparation. You go back to his trial in June, I think he matched sprints with Market Ruler, which is just horses that have their best distance over 2,000 metres plus. Um, horses just shouldn't be able to do that. His first up run was very good. Second up run wasn't bad, and then last start he looked home at the 200 or 300 metre mark, and I was counting my money, and then he just peaked on his run, and that's probably our fault from a training perspective more than anything because we knew how well he was going. All of our intent was to try keep him fresh for the 1400 metre events and then the 1600 metre events in the hope that he might be able to run a race. And obviously it ended up being a hot times race. Fuhrer really rolled them along and was a tough win. 
but he was just found wanting late. We've really stepped the work up to him in the last couple of weeks. So he might still be a half run away, but I still think he's forward enough to win. But I think Montalena's last start win was massive and I think she'll be very hard to beat. Yeah, no, it's it's really hard to go past um, Montalina. I mean, no, I, I'm I'm someone that likes to take on horses first look at the trip, but this doesn't really feel like the first look at the trip. Uh, Montalina was second up at 1800 uh, late last year after being first up in a in WA. Guineas, yeah, that, that's exactly what I wrote down. Yeah, so I, and, I think she has the staying ability. And she was probably a good thing beaten the 1800 metres that day as well. So, look, I think she'll probably end up last, even though she's drawn five, and I don't think that's a major issue because you've got, a, you've got some questionable speed. Like you see horses like Frosty Hart and Contentional in the race, and they're obviously way. Do you think they're going to go forward on those those two? Frosty Hart definitely goes forward. Contentional, I think, probably prob more likely than not goes forward. Why else are you in the race? Like, what are you trying to do here? So you don't lose points either. Like you can't say we're in it to lose points because you're racing out of your depth, uh, out of your grades. So you actually you shouldn't be losing points. So um, with Nuanaru and, and Strike Force, who I think will probably sit with that speed coming across. But it's it's poor speed. They should bunch up um, and look. Darren McAuliffe knows when they're going to get a journey, and I reckon she gets the journey. I reckon she trades $1.60, and I reckon she just goes straight past him. I agree. From a map perspective, if Montalina is within a pair or two pairs of Black Shadow, I think that she outsprints him. Yep. Would you agree? So yeah. that's the way I viewed this race. I thought they were the two progressive horses or the two progressive stayers anyway yep. in the race. Black Shadow, he has tactical speed. He travels well and has a reasonable turn of foot over 2,000 metres, but I just feel Montalina is going to be too strong late. So that's the way I went. I'm not willing to play at the price. If Black Shadow gets what's out the, to – What's the current price there, BJ? We got dollar seventy. Monta. Uh, $1.75 best available. Mm. Black Shadow best available, five fifty. Yeah, so I wouldn't be willing to play Montalina on trial at the trip, but if Black Shadow got out to $7, that might interest me. What did you think? Yeah, I, I, I've tipped in my leg up, I've tipped Montalina to beat Black Shadow, but I was really – taken with the run of gonna go last start oh okay i thought you were gonna say juicing carrots we have oh, to yeah, we have course. to juicing carrots yeah. needs a little uh, a little plug at some stage i mean yeah. you're talking black shadow had the back of juicing carrots last start juicing carrots are sat three deep the trip on a on a race they've gone plus seven to the turn and um Black Shadow is currently five dollars fifty, and Juicy Carrots is fifteen dollars. How? How did he? How did like he keep oh, going? Have, oh, it's incredible. Yeah, that was my idea. big query on Juicing Carrots. I thought it was a massive, massive run, but flash in the pan, maybe. Can a horse like him run two blinders like that in a row? Yeah. I, one thing I like to look his at. Form suggests probably not. Yeah, exactly right. One thing I like to look at is the first time Kira's ridden it. Some yeah. horses go for certain jockeys. Mm -hmm. Perhaps, uh, perhaps he really got along with um, with Kira. But well, uh, yeah, he did because he was entitled to run last, and he's oh, yeah. and he's kicked back and beaten Prince Turbo home, who came out and won last Saturday. So. I've got this market really upside down. I think because I've got um, I've got Montalina at dollar eighty. Easily could have had Montalina shorter, and I expect there just to be just obvious money that comes and it'll start below what I've marked. Her, I've marked using carrots at seven bucks. So at the $15, that's well above my mark. And I've actually marked Gangbuster, your third favourite here, $9 third favourite. Gangbuster's last two runs have been really good when nothing has gone right. Mitchell goes on for Lactar and Horse will find a few for Mitchell um, for Mitchell Pateman and Luke. Lands very close to the 1-1. One, one. think it still needs to shed points because it won that Boulder Cup, picked up 20-odd points. So it picked up the 10 kilos. Instead of racing in 60-pluses in town, it's racing in 78-pluses. So probably needs to drop a couple more. But... Um, 
Yeah, look, look, I, I do think it's a, it's an elementary discussion past Montalina. Yeah. But um, look, my market looks very different. What price going to go? Second, third. I'm going to go 20 to 1. I don't think, really? I don't know if um, going to go or stay. <sighs> Queries on going to go staying. Okay. Okay. I was, um, I thought that last run was a blinder. Uh, for me, Montalina wins, Black Shadow, hardest Weren't to beat. Were they entitled to make ground though? Because that was the race they went. They went very hard out in front. Lucy, I thought it was just given the nice suck. Like it was, it was entitled to run on like that. They were all entitled to run on like that. So I think it was more the horses on speed which deserved the credit from that performance. But I don't know. His his previous Northern win was really good as well. So obviously Jason Bateman's got him happy and healthy. If 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 there's going to be a horse to knock off Montalina or Black Shadow, I reckon it might be going to go. But Montalina should make it three in a row. Really. What do you think the market does? Was Montalina? That's the Montalina's yeah. mapped and backed off the map. I think if you're backing, look, I, I can say this: if you think you're backing any other horse, then you should probably just wait till the day. Yeah. Because of a bet fair, Montalina will chew up sort of 60, 65 percent of the market. But in saying that, some of them are so far above my quota that it could do anything. Yeah. I think Noada Rue at five dollars fifty will end up at eighteen to one. Justin Warwick runners will improve two yep. weeks in a row. Mm. But I think Noada Rue is a strong jockey. It's a it's a Paul Harvey horse or a um, Jared Noski horse type of thing where yeah. you can really just sort of lift it. A real whip riders mm. horse. Um, but yes, yeah, so I think it's it's taking up sort of eighteen percent of the market at the moment. It'll end up taking up four percent of the market, I reckon. So a few of those will chunk out, but don't know. I think if you're going to back anything else, it's just about late. Wait, yeah. yep. Good stuff. Uh, well, good luck with for yes, the Taylor Racing Stables with, with, with uh, Black Shadow. Black Shadow. Well. Um, I, I think that uh, he's, he's uh, very close to win either win on Saturday or next start, hopefully, for the team. So, Genuine stayer too. If yep. you look at his career, he's only had the four goes, I think. Four Five. Goes. Five, Five goes. two wins, one second and a third. Is that 2,000 plus? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. That's I love looking at their horses' careers uh, above and below the 2,000 meter <laughs> we were, mark. We're a bit slow to figure it all out. Well, we? I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I think I said that to you a while ago, actually. But also, like, um, you guys don't have many horses that get that push on past that sort of mile journey, really. No, and obviously there was a, the big discussion, I don't know if you guys heard on radio, how Simon Miller hadn't trained a winner over 1,700 metres or more in 900 and something days. And Simon and Dad are best of mates, and they were speaking on the phone, and they were just saying that – you don't go to the sales and to try buy a stayer because more often than not, you go try buy a stayer. They're just slow horses. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that's the business model we're in. And luckily, luckily enough, Rick Hart bred this horse, and yeah, we've found out that he stays. Yeah, and that opens up a lot of programming opportunities as well moving forward. So all the best. Uh, race four, the Peninsula Dining Room Plate, three odd race, set weights and penalties over the one thousand meters. Um, Terry. Any leanings strong? Yeah, well, one's come up well over my mark. I think I've, I, I to be honest, I didn't give this race as much time um, as I did the others. Look, I very quickly, I put a line, I didn't put a line through. I marked a second favourite, but Starfield Impact with Lactar on over the thousand, that's a difficult ride. So I'm, I'm probably happy taking that on. And our boy Dylan was just too too thin first up to consider. Dark Assault's first up six months. I know people will like it on its Karakata run and per stakes run and, as they should, but I'm just, I'm always happy taking on a returning two-year-old, especially from a smaller yard. It can come out and beat me and no so trial. be it. Um, and then the rest down the bottom, I don't think just a pinch is that crash hot. Uh, so I had Madame Torio marked pretty pretty thin here, sort of in your mid-two, uh, mid-twos range. That's, it's not a horse I trust a great amount. I think it's been kept fresh on purpose, but I yep. think they can cross and lead. And I think Sunny Silk can park up just behind them. And, and look, I think at $3.50 and 9 to 1, that's the way I am going to go this race with my main bet, Madame. 
Adam Torrey on and not lose on Sunny Silk, who I think goes better just tucking in behind them. But not going to get too excited here. Is Aussie Boy in today? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so forget, I forget Aussie Boy. For, today. Aussie Boy is coming out. Yes, okay. So today. Aussie Boy is a $13 chance in the market today, but I reckon he'll be going close to winning on debut at Pinjaro this afternoon. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a. I, I initially didn't want to land on Madame Torio. I think I have a similar view to you, Terry. I, I don't necessarily. Uh, I don't know whether it's trust or maybe, but um, but just running through the the way this race is going to pan out early, her gate speed, Belmont thousand, she's going to get conditions to suit. I'm I imagine it just everything pointed towards her on top top, and the market agrees. She's three three fifty best available at the moment. Marinatorio, I think she's a pretty uncomplicated sort of horse. Jumps, runs, has won twice over the Belmont thousand this prep already. Um, if she and even that race where she did get beat, she started favourite. Cold rail, cold rail, very and, cold rail. And the form day. out of that race was really really quite mm -hmm. strong actually so um, maybe the run that day might have put a few people off but on reflection it's actually might be some uh, franking going on there so madame torio jumps runs leads very hard to beat um starfield impact good enough to win uh, i agree with terry tricky steer for lacta although he did sit three wide no cover giant leap yesterday and it won by panels mm, so he did Rail Romoli couldn't couldn't find the rail with a periscope yesterday, but he was still too good. So um, yeah, for me, Madame Torio, if there's a horse good enough to gun her down, I'm assuming it might be a horse with a bit of class like Starfield Impact. Bit of a watch on first starter, Miss Lavinia from the Simon A. Miller Yard, $270,000 yearling. First trial went enormous over 400 metres, has been slow away both trials this prep. Um, so, if it, But if it begins on Saturday from gate one, Chloe claiming one and a half, what will that take her down to? What can she ride? 50, 53. 53. Catch her uh, though. Yeah. And, yeah, obviously, Miller Yard, follow the market movements, Miss Lavinia. What about you, Lockie? Quite keen on Dark Assault here. Um, I loved his Karakata run. I take Terry's point about smaller stable first up, but... Last weekend, Roy Rogers had a horse called Strathmore Rose, very similar profile. First up, no trial, hadn't been seen well. publicly, Went ran good, a super yeah. race in behind. The name escapes me, but it was the, Hall yep, the Hallowell stud yeah. horse. So, um, Roy's other two-year-old in that race went really well too, actually. So it both did. Did, so yeah. both, yep. both have a very similar profile in the lead-up to Dark Assault's race here. Um, I love his... Pinjara Magic Millions run was huge. Second behind Gemma's son in the Perth Stakes was good. And then um, I was really keen on him in the Karakata and he managed to run into a hole for us, which was awesome. But Were you on? I was. Really? Which was which was a nice result. Very good. So over 50 to 1, about 13 bucks a hole. Mm -hmm. um, but what I love about him is the fact that I think the 1,000 will really suit. He has gate speed and then he travels really strong in the run and as you guys have said, Madame Torio leads Dark Assault. You'd think now finds they could, the they could kick up. They could kick up with Dark Assault. Maybe but yeah. I think their best best asset tactically would just be to camp on Madame Torio. She's going to run them off their legs here, and if there's a horse that can run past her, I think it's Dark Assault. He was six fifty this morning. I thought that was a really good price. Five dollars is probably around about the right price now. I feel. 
But, um, yeah, Dark Assault at almost an each-way quote at the moment. That's the way I saw the fourth. Very interesting one, Dark Assault, to watch the money just before the race on the mm. exchange and see what happens. That's the type of horse that could do anything. It could start $2.60. I'll it could, be, it could start yeah. 15 to 1 type of thing. And if oh. it does drift, you go, it's not one you'd probably be too excited about the big drift late for whatever reason. The market, the market seems pretty spot on, though, at the moment. Yeah, I reckon, yep. like, 350 Madame Torio, I was $5 Starfield Impact, 650 Dark Assault, $8 Sunny Silk. Yeah, I'll be pretty keen to have a good close look at Darker Sold in the yard. I hope he's nice mm. and nice and forward. Tune, Make sure you're tuning in, tune in tune to in. Tab Radio, and uh, yeah, that that might be the uh, the pointer. Lockie will make sure he uh, he gives us the uh, the good late oil. <laughs> the funny thing is, I never find Madame Toro from the yard ever because she's tiny. She's the a tiny little filly, so I never find her. But she proves me wrong many many mm. times. Very good, yes. And Chris Chris Parnham, we have to. We you, you spoke about him pre-record flying at the moment, isn't he? He's really confident, really strong, really balanced, uh, riding using his um, his nous. He's he's really really coming. He's really really coming good. And in the absence of Pike too, he's really taking um, the the bull by the horns, so to speak. So um, no doubt he will feature prominently in the preview as we roll through. But for now, it's time that we did get your pen and paper out, guys, because it's mm. time we do the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind competition. Got a bit, of, bit of competition this week from Rocky. The guru like rebounded strongly three out of three last week, hey? And But the week before was um, a little bit disappointing. Duck, but, duck eggs. <laughs> the Mundaring Hotel has been heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican, Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say day. Let him know you're a 1-1 listener. Feed, flutter, froffies up at the Mundaring. It's all happening there. So congrats to last week's WA Racing Mastermind winner, Matt Price. A $100 Mundaring Hotel gift voucher is on the way. Matt is now a dual Mastermind winner. Very well done to you, my friend. So to be crowned this week's Mastermind, please uh, send through the answers to the following three questions. But make sure you send them through via direct message on Twitter. That's at the11pod on the Twitter platform. You ready to go, Lockie? I'm ready to go. Three questions. Here we go. Question one. Name the only horse to beat home Windstorm. I got that one. Question two. How many, how many idyllic prince stakes, i.e. Goodwood stakes, did idyllic prince win? Oh, that's not fair. I'd be up for adoption if I didn't get that right. <laughs> and question three, we'll, we'll continue the, the Taylor theme here. So uh, how many trainers did champion sprinter Haylist have? He won a group one Newmarket, 1200 meters down the straight at Flemington. Haylist, how many trainers did he have in his illustrious career? And can you name them, please? So they are the three questions. And if you get them right, you will be crowned this week's WA Racing Mastermind. How'd you go? I got the feeling that I'm one short for the last one. Okay. Mm. How'd you go? No, I actually think I got the first one wrong now. Um, <laughs> um, I, thought I was very confident. I I'm think definitely I've, very. I think I've stuffed it up. Yeah, yeah. Looks like the guru's got the upper hand. How did I get the last one right? Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, very That's good. That's it. No, right, oh, there you very go. good. So, yes, enter Just at the one one the pod on ball. Twitter. <laughs> Uh, $100 gift voucher up for grabs. All right, race five.
All right, race five or the, the leading girl handicap. I'll mm. tell you what, I don't think there was a more blacked book runner um, from a fortnight ago than leading girl. Uh, the effort over the 1,200, which we flagged, was always going to be a query for her um, over that, that shorter journey, but her effort over the last 70 metres in particular was huge. I've got her landing second last pair here, one off, but the speed's weak with Sharp Bob and Bad Wolf, probably one, two. Should be winning, BJ. Lockie. I completely agree. That first up run was massive. Everyone, every man and his dog was following her after that run. The interesting thing about that race, uh, well, the the match race in the sense of leading girl v Lonsdale Lady is that I thought Lonsdale Lady was a superior trial to was. leading girl prior to leading girl's first up run. So that's a really interesting element, but I think you've hit the speed map um, 100% correct there, Terry. And I just feel that leading girl will have Lonsdale Lady in her sights at the top of the straight and from there she's very out to be. They're not going to change tactics. No, it wouldn't be changing tactics. They're not going to try and lead Lonsdale Lady, do you I, think? I thought they might. That would be interesting. If, if she lands in front, I'll tell you what, that's really interesting. It's a month between trial and race now. But if she lands in front, I wouldn't want to be uh, – I wouldn't want the seventy leading girl anymore. That's all I know. Well, if Lonsdale Lady was ours, if – Lockie, Terry, and BJ were the lucky owners of Lonsdale Lady. We'd I just about we'd, was from it, so a thousand guineas was on. We'd have a lot more money, but yeah. would you want to see them lead? Maybe not because they've got bigger for, from this race and winning this race, definitely, yeah. but they've got bigger fish to fry. I reckon they'll be saying to Jade, be positive. And um, after obviously what Sharp Bob did uh, a week ago, fortnight ago, um, they'll be extremely aggressive and want the exact same tactics, Sharp Bob. And I think that the Mailey camp will do the map and say, well, let's go across with Sharp Bob and that'll leave Lonsdale Lady handing up to them and, and ride on their back. But I look, if you're trying to win this race, yeah, I'd say be aggressive, hold Sharp Bob out and make it, um, make it chase. Especially if it's leaderish on the day 100 yeah. percent. but i reckon they might so have bigger fish to fry well first up last prep i was really keen on her and gate one they bounced oh. and they took a hold and she said that and she, mm. she was mad that day I was, she, I was super keen so. and never got out ran six behind toll man good thing beaten then came out and as we all know here at the one one uh lonsdale lady uh creamed them in the list of thousand guineas um, I'm, still Jake, I'm still recovering. Jay McNaught leading all the way over 1,800 metres. So high-quality uh, four-year-old man now, Lonsdale Lady. But this does look set up for leading girl to elevate significantly second up. A uh, bit of bit of pressure cooker type situation here for Jared Noski. Um, yeah, he yeah. hasn't got a win yet in the uh, in the Sir Eastern White, so I'm really hoping for his sake yeah, he can um, he can he can jag one here. But um, look from a betting point of view, I'm purely on I'm on I'm on even money watch. Yeah, if okay. I get even money bet fair, I'm I'm guts in. If I don't, I'm going to stay out completely. So plenty of respect to put a spell on you too. Yeah, I was about to say she's my half. she's my fly on the ointment. Huge, what about that? Huge. Okay, let's the three horse race. It's only a three horse. Walk race. us through that. Run last I was on up. last start each way, so I, I like a good drift. She got out to <sighs> 20, 22 to 1, bet fair late. And, um, what a performance. Yeah, it was, well, yeah. I mean, everyone's black booking leading girl. You could just about say put a spell on you as a good, if not a better run. And that was 1,400 back to 1,200. So it should now be more suited back to the 1,400 <laughs> mid-prep. So it's probably from the one that ticks it. From four, Maddie could just about land the 1-1. One, 52 one. It, and a half. Yeah, ticks ticks a lot, a lot of boxes. It does. It's just, uh, I think we're just, um, yeah, no, it ticks a lot of boxes, but I'm, I'm in the vortex here, BJ. Yeah, it was, what was significant about put a spell on you for mine is she was three wide no cover improving but then for some reason ended up wobbling 
three, uh, four, five, six off on straightening, and like just, just finding the best ground. Yeah, well, in in Maddie Land out there in in Maddie Maddie territory, but um, and then it just kept coming and coming. It was it was such a brave performance from um, from uh, put a spell on you. So for me, if you know, I think if leading girl is going to get beaten, it's going to be by put a spell on you. That's she's the biggest danger for mine. Uh, lots of respect, obviously, for Lonsdale Lady, but as Terry said, I think they're they've got a prep ahead, so they probably got uh, bigger fish to fry. Um, and uh, yeah, just did, did you end up following up on Sharp Bob last start, Terry? <laughs> Go and get stuff. <laughs> so no Sharp Bob. I actually, had something on Captivate a point of thirty to one actually <laughs> on the outside. So no, it was a tough old watch that race. Dark, on the turn, Dark Mission was the only horse you wanted to be on. It came back with the. Um, Thumps, I think. Yeah. It came back, uh, yeah. not a happy horse. But, geez, on the turn, I was watching it with my mate and I said, oh, it's over. Because it drifted out to six bucks and I thought, this is free money. So we've opted in and uh, <laughs> on the turn, I just about switched it off at the 300 and uh, night no, sharp bobs kicked and won. So um, now it can it can go and get stuffed, to be honest. Mm. Cliffy Howe, just Cliffy uh, Howe. training up a storm. Well How done. did he do that? <laughs> <laughs> Race six, Devil's Lair handicap to graduation over the mile... Gee, this is a light old Saturday race, isn't it? Um, you can put a line through quite a few of these and it's a bit of a, uh, I guess, a process of elimination. Terry, what did you come up with? Well, I, I think the speed map's probably the most uh, probably the most important part to this race. Um, I narrowed it down to four live chances. Uh, I had locomotive crossing and finding the fence. Gets a career low weight. I better double check that stat, but I'm pretty sure it's a career low weight. And I don't think this is career hardest race face, if that no. makes sense. So yep. Chrissy Graham's one for one on the horse as well. So I think locomotive rolls to the top. Last effort fresh at the 1400 was really good. Um, You'd say probably needed that run. Second, third, fourth, fifth horses in that race all came from Rearwood or at least sixth, seventh and worse. So it was the only horse on speed to box on um, in that particular event, which I always like to see. But I find it really hard to go past Aragain. Uh, Aragain is racing like a serious racehorse. Uh, it goes better when on speed. The concern is barrier one um, because from barrier one, um, if they're held up to the 200, have to get out. I don't know if Aragain's a sprinter, but I think Aragain can sustain a four, five, six hundred metre um, little whack. But I mean, there'll be a lot of support here for Aconite, which I'm probably going to risk with Lactar on again. Uh, and, cement, and Sentimental Queen, who is still a class one hopping into this. So I'm not, not entirely convinced, though. I do like Chris Parnham going on. But look, at $3.80 and at $6.650 for Locomotive, I'm happy having a speed map bet where I'm backing the leader and the back of the leader for a Dutch for around about that $3 mark. So pretty happy with that, Lockie. Yeah, not a, not a race I'm overly keen to play in a, in a similar sense to... The second race of the day, I just thought a lot of these horses are on their mark and there's a little bit of guesswork. I completely agree with you in regards to Aragain, but I actually think Locomotive will give a kick and Aragain, I don't think, will be held up to the 200-metre mark at all. So um, it's going to be awfully hard to beat. If you're going to chase some value and they're making ground down the middle of the track and she gets out to 20, 30 to 1, maybe vintage, vintage stock. stock. Mm -hmm. I thought that first up run was very good. They obviously walked out in front with Sharp Bob leading that event and she was one of the only horses to make up ground. So clearly going well. Second up stayer, not, doesn't fill you with confidence, but um, if she gets out to a silly price and they're making up ground down the middle of the track, that's maybe a way I'll play into this race. Mm -hmm. 
Mm, I can see that for sure. Lockie, yeah, I was uh, – I had four winning chances as well, same as Terry, Sentimental Queen, Aragon, Aconite, Locomotive. I just think that even though this Sentimental Queen is a Northern Maiden winner, this and this and this appears as though it's a it, – well, on paper, it's a Saturday graduation handicap. I think it's it's – it's about as weak as you'll find as a graduation handicap. So I actually think that sentimental girl, can, uh, sentimental queen rather, can make the make the uh, transition to this grade and be really really hard to beat. I thought there was plenty of merit in that second up, even though she ran fifth. I just think three wide cover ended up on perhaps the inferior part of, uh, of the track. Kept coming late. I like her going down to 54 kgs with Chris Parnham. Profiles, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. and I just thought that that first up. Uh, Northern Wind was soft as butter. Uh, Sentimental Queen. Uh, that was a nothing race. It was a nothing race. Oh, the just... third horse, Cape Rain, came out to win actually. Mm. So it was, but there's, she only had three starts. So you imagine there's a bit more natural elevation with her up to the mile, Cerise and White, bit of bit of class through through that camp, Team Williams. For me, this, this just feels like she might not um, – yeah, she might not uh, – it might not be the right setup in terms of a class one Northern Maiden winner into a graduation handicap. But for me, it just feels like a really good option for Sentimental Queen. And uh, I think uh, with even luck, she's going to be hard to hold out. Pat and bet. If the rail's hot, probably look at Locomotive Aragon. If it's yep. not hot, I'm, I'm probably even – yeah, I can see exactly what you're saying. So a really good uh, race to, to wait for the day. Wait for the day. Good as gold. Well, right, moving on to the feature of the day, it's the Amelia Park Blue Spec Stakes, $100,000. It's one of these quality rating 78 quality handicaps with a 62 uh, maximum top weight, um, $100,000. Massimo rises to the mile for the first time and also getting up in the weights now. He's back up into the 60 kg range. Can he do it again, Terry? I was going to ask Lockie, do you reckon yeah. Massimo will get the mile? Interesting. Last start, I thought he was holding Western Temple on the line, which probably suggests that the 1600 metres is up his wheelhouse. But Western Temple was also first up and may or may not have peaked on its run. So, mm -hmm. But the, it, is, it is also Western Temple, though. Exactly. Mm, so I've got P. Fernie next to the name, mm, though. Yeah. The, the, not that Grant Nalana could The one thing <laughs> I... Sorry, was that... Grant Nalana? I think that Adam. might have started with... Adam, yeah, yeah, always, Adam, always Adam. Adam yeah, no, I think Grant Nalana then to Adam. Then yeah, to yeah, Adam yeah. But the thing about Massimo is that he obviously hails from the Durant yard. He's now having his 17th start, and this is his first start at a mile. Mm. For a stable of that night, you'd, you'd think that... They're progressive horses. If Adam feels they're going to get a trip, he generally gets them up to a trip pretty soon. So that's a query for me. And at 250. It's deep into the prep too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 250, really deep into the mm. prep. Leave me out. It's not a race I'm overly keen to play in, to be honest. No, the current market's bang on mine. So um, um, Wrinkley, straight to the front as always. Yeah. yeah. I think so. So that make, almost makes Massimo... Outside. OSL, doesn't yeah. it? So, Again, yeah. yeah, I think the race is run, run and one in the top four here. If, if mm. Western Temple and Lord Help Me Run can sort of get leaders back and one one, um, I think the race will be between those three. I don't, yeah, I can't have Wrinkley to be honest, um, but I think the race will be run. I think Lord Help Me Run can win this race. I think mm. it might be the one not wanted late on the exchange. We might see something silly, twelve thirteen dollars yep. each way potentially. In saying that, if Western Temple got out to the price, I'd happy to spec there. But yeah, I'm with Lockie. I'm not too keen. I reckon the current market's pretty bang on. Yeah, I thought maybe Western Temple, but at four forty, Western Temple, it just doesn't seem right, does it? 
I thought that up to 1,600 metres, that probably plays into Wrinkley's hands. And we've seen in the last few starts, I thought that Brad has been fairly conservative out in front on Wrinkley. might see the shot of Layley out pre-venue. I reckon he might pull the trigger and let him roll and really make it a grinding test for for Massimo. And that then may just set it up for Western Temple. But still, uh, you definitely need a price for Western Temple and $4.40 at the moment. That's not the right price. You'd hate yourself after the race, wouldn't you? You'd be very disappointed. We'll, we'll watch him wait. There'd be self-reflection, I reckon, post-race. I just think that even though he is deep into his prep, Massimo just he's he's almost like he's just thriving on it. He's just he's racing so well. Like he's run second to Windstorm, beating the neck, and that was massive. He's come out and, and won a seventy eight plus twelve hundred. Then he's his run best second. run was two back where he got taken on the entirety mm-hmm. of the journey. Last start that that Wrinkley race actually went about six or seven lengths below benchmark to the turn um so that's yeah, that played into massimo's hands but the previous start because then if you're worried well how is he going to get a strong mile the yeah. previous start like there was no he had no right to to push western temple uh to push uh inspirational yeah that's that's an important point you probably in regards to him and his ability to run out a mile you're probably best off looking at two starts back not last start yeah yeah i reckon he'll run the mile and i reckon he will win massimo i think that he uh is He's just holding peak form, and I don't, I don't know if there's anything that's going to be able to come from behind him and get past him, right? Um, he's just—he's really tough. He—he he made life really hard for Windstorm. Made really hard, life really hard for Inspirational Girl. As Lockheed said, he was sort of fending them off uh, with strength last start when he sort of appeared as though he could be a bit of a sitting duck. Um, first crack at the mile, sixty kilos. Is, I think that people are going to want to lay him, so I think he. I'm interested to see what the exchange does. Betfair, late, uh, Massimo. Um, he is a horse that can not necessarily last up, but it has traditionally has been um, easy. Easy, yes, in the market late. Times, yes, uh, so uh, for me, yeah, I think he could could be high twos, um, late, maybe even three dollars on the exchange. The only horse that that I think is um, is has the class to to maybe uh, get over the top of him from behind him would be Lord Help Me Run. I thought his second up elevation was really good. He has a high class, high level of class. Lord Help Me Run can be a little bit hit and miss, but his best is certainly good enough. And he's jumping now. Yeah, yeah, which is a good point. And I just think Giraffe is racing really well. Uh, I thought that he hit the line really, really strongly in the, in the. Um, Massimo race over fourteen hundred meters last start, um, but uh, but for me, yeah, I'm pretty pretty keen. I reckon Massimo just uh, lands outside leader and just grinds him into the ground. Very good, current market. As I said, bang on where I'm at, so I'd need a drift. Happy to back a drifter here. Okay, race eight is the Iron Jack handicap. Now this is an interesting thousand meter seventy eight plus handicap with a key scratching. Oh, well, there's two scratchings I'd say, And I reckon they're both key scratchings too. Two key yeah. scratchings. Okay, so take note, punters. Race uh, number seven, we've got Dreams. And number 12, Pearls and Prawns are both scratched since uh, we all did our form anyway. So I guess the market will and has zeroed in on two uh, 
early season four-year-olds with a heap of ability, money matters, and Jericho Missile. It, they do look like they're the most likely to fight out the finish of this. Um, I'm assuming, just let me check the uh, what the odds are saying at the moment, but I'm assuming- 205 and $4.20 would be the uh, consensus across the market. You're pretty keen on one of these two, Lockie. Might be a th- little bit thin for you now, but uh, you're pretty keen, Money Matters? I am. It's at the moment, $2.10. As a punter in general, I don't have too much success at that type of price. I was really keen at the 250 this morning. I didn't actually realize that We've Got Dreams was out until I was running around work and quickly checked the prices to get on. And then I realized she was out and Money Matters was still $2.50. So I was really keen on him. And at $2.10, it's probably up to the, to you guys and, and the listeners, whether they want to want to hop in there, but you are of the opinion that Pearls and Prawns is a pretty key scratching as well. So mm. maybe the $2.10 is the right price and you'll be happy to take that. But I just thought his first up run was huge. He's not a thousand meter horse and staying at a thousand meters isn't ideal, mm. but he just about finds the front here. And he, does, he, he? he just seems like a horse that is really hard to get past. He can run time, he travels into the race and then has a turn of foot at the end of the race. So class. Yeah, he's just, I think he's just a class above the rest of them here. And his main danger, Jericho Missile, if they try ride him a little bit closer, I feel he may be a little bit less effective. And that only plays into the hands of Money Matters, who I think will be really hard to get past anyway. So quite keen Money Matters. Bang on, yeah. No, I, I couldn't have said it uh, any better. 100% agree with you there. If you are going to be backing Jericho Missile, which Depending what the market's doing, it's it's slightly above my quote at the moment, so I can consider it. But you'd, you'd be a brave, brave human being, I reckon, three or four back the fence over the thousand, especially with as as Lockie said, especially with a pretty strong leader in the race in Money Matters. Like, is it Super Maxi going to lead? Do you think that's potentially? Yeah, with the blinkers going back yeah. on, that's definitely the key. I if Super Maxi leads, of attack mode blinkers back on. I, I low think draw. so, but they also might be looking at the fact that Super Maxi's either been first or last. Why don't we just settle third or fourth? That might be the other option. It doesn't have to be one or completely one or completely the other so there is that option as well but i do think over the thousand super maxi has more early speed than money matters but i, I still think money matters can breeze and win but so uh, this will be this will be a great race i yeah i reckon i'll formulate an opinion stronger over the next 48 hours but uh you'd be brave and uh do not get upset if you're on jericho missile and you're held up half the straight and lose the race because you have to expect that to happen by it's horse it doesn't fault. jump well from barry one exactly right yeah I think I think with um, clear galloping room, I think Jericho, Jericho Missile can get over the top of Money Matters. Like Lockie said, thousand thousand for Money Matters is very interesting placement from Adam Durant. I I know I, for I, a fact yep. that there are hardly any twelve hundred meter races at the moment in the program. I reckon it's, Jer- it's been doing so, my so head in. Both, both of these two would uh, prefer the twelve hundred. I reckon. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I just yeah. From from one, I think even Jericho Missile can be even a touch slower, and it doesn't affect him as much as if it was a high draw and he gets he gets back. He's, I'll just keep coming back to that new season sprint run. I, he Really, he should have won the, the Floyd race, uh, $100,000, 1,000-meter race. Joey has a party back on. Lucky Lactar rode him last Saturday, got a long way back, hit the line with some of the best closing splits of the day, even though it didn't necessarily appear via the vision. But um, but the numbers suggested that he, he attacked the line with strength. I like Joe as a party going back on board. He seems to have a good affinity with the Harrison horses. 
Joe and uh, rides them well. If um, coiled up, Jericho, breathing fire, if he gets the gaps, he has the closing speed to get over the top of Money Matters. Uh, horse you can never leave out of consideration in these 1,000-metre races. Fresh, Guns of Navarone. It's the big danger for mine. Yeah, from nine, I'm going to leave it out. What I'm going to say with Jericho Miss, I've had a chance to do it because the scratchings came um, this morning and we haven't had a chance to remap it. Is I'm going to figure out, I'm going to try to figure out what horses are going to be in front of it on the rail. Are they going to stop on it and they're going to put it in an impossible position or are they going to be the right horses that are going to peel, give him gaps and, and off we go. Um, if Pike was on Jericho Missile, what would you think? I'd have Jericho Missile favourite. Mm, interesting. So... Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think I will, but at this stage, I need to just, I need to do a map a little bit deeper. I, I reckon there's a big chance I'm going to come around to Jericho Missile, but that also goes against one of your major rules and the fact that if you've got a pretty strong leader on the thousand, yeah, over the short journey, they tend to, um, they tend to be pretty hard so to run. So, did down. they price We've Got Dreams this morning, or did, did, no, was it out no, pre market? No, actually messaged me 10 yeah. minutes before they yeah. went up and yeah. said, Do you want to reprice that race quickly because We've Got Dreams is out, right? Okay, so, cool. All yeah. right, so that's interesting. Went so, up to 90, but there's been a scratching since, so the two. Nine is probably the two fifty, like you said before. So for money, money matters, matters yeah. yeah. And I, d- I doubt you'll see much more than that. But there could be really strong Jericho missile support. I mean, it's yeah, Jericho missiles obviously got a fair profile from from what he did as a three year old. So what about Little Fish? I catch yeah, going up going well, time. but I yeah, not not here just yet. Um, I prefer twelve hundred, but um, yeah, it's not impossible. Okay. All right. So, yeah, it's uh, opinions are divided. I'm Jericho missile. Lockie's money matters. Terry is. Jericho Missile. Okay. All right. We'll see oh, it. We'll see. I started that previous Money Matters when we I'm first started there. talking. I'm very confused. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to someone this morning and I, we're, we're searching for bets on this meet. Like we're looking for bets. It sort of tells you it's probably a meeting where there aren't that many bets. Mm. But I, do, I don't mind a bit of an Eddie bet, to be honest. So <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon I'll find a couple. Very good. Oh, what time is it, Lockie? Get out. Stakes time. Yes. There we go. S T E A. K-S. I should have said race nine. That would have crushed it. <laughs> it is the extremely popular Get Out Stakes brought to you by our friends at Market City Meats, the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Cannyvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show. Swing past, say day. Timmy and his team will take the very best of care for you and your friends. So spread the word, Market City Meats, and um, congratulations to last week's Get oh, Out Stakes huge winner. Effort. David Keats. Ah, incredible. Should have got double. So David somehow, uh, he was a solitary entry for for Lion Machine, $41 official, probably better. Was was she better? I was was looking at that stage. The way the track was playing, I was guts in inflation. So yeah. I was looking. And so when when Fishy sort of loomed up alongside inflation. I knew it was over. I knew the Lion Machine was going to out sprint. uh, And inflation's a little bit of a nonny as well. So I knew at the 200, I knew we were in a bit of of strife there. So TV went off and I went and grabbed a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very significant David Keats. That's his second get out stakes win. And to find it, to do it with a $41 pop is, um, is huge. Well done, mate. Very astute from uh, David Keats. So um, now to enter this week's, Get out stakes. Hit us up, Twitter, at the11pod. Let us know who you think will win race nine, a decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred, remembering the Sam White rule, get whoever is it first in, best dressed. Okay. Jeez, this is a this is a nice way to finish the day, isn't it? Just hear Lockie make a little bit of a little bit of a yeah, no, this is uh this is this is difficult, guys. Um I it reckon doesn't it, feel like a Saturday race, does it? It just no, yeah, it, no look I, I like it. We're gonna see varied opinions. We'll see there'll be 
I mean, Sir Mambo went up favourite, but I know that you priced a different horse favourite, BJ, and mm. I know someone else priced a different horse favourite. So um, there'll be opinions uh, varied here. Um, no, I don't know. Which which way are you guys looking? <laughs> I had no idea. I was leaning towards Sir Mambo thinking that we might get a price after last start. We haven't got a price. He's 460. If he keeps getting out to six, seven dollars, then I'd be willing to play on his form around showmanship, son of God and, and Long Beach. That's better more than this. Yeah, that's yeah. way better than this. So that's the only way I'd be willing to play into this race. Many of the others I just can't truly trust. Lucky Linda Lulu was obviously a last start winner, but they absolutely walked in that race. I can't trust that form. Got the perfect run too. Yeah. Low draw, it's drawn uh, 14. Yeah, Apollo Saturday. is hard to catch. City Circle's hard to catch. Grand Design I have time for, but drawn really sticky. Perhaps they go back and, yeah, back and look to be hitting the line, but... Yeah, it's a, a tough race for me. So maybe only Sir Mambo. Yeah. I, I'm quite keen on one. Terry. I thought you would be. Actually, I knew you were, I knew where you were going to go here as well. So little red bikini. Oh, okay. Actually, that's not where I thought you were going to go. Really? Go. Yeah. No, no. Little oh, little red. Little red was huge last start up to the little red. Been back. Yeah. Hundred. So. Little red. Uh, yeah. I marked, I marked little red bikini four dollars in favour. I did a bit go. of a guru. I just I sort of that. just sort of drilled it in there. Yeah, so. Just, <laughs> A uh, very generous organisation, Brad Bet. Twelve dollars. Twelve dollars. Twelve did look. Yeah, I've got Little Red Bikini seven. I got Sir Mambo with Lockie on on top. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the, the twelve bucks was friendly. I thought. So had something on. Let me lay it out for Little Red Bikini. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we dropping the the bikini? Are we going to drop the bikini just behind them, or are we going to try and lead? Gate speed's been lacking a little the last couple. It has of been. It has been. I I, I would. There's. I'm icy. Does they don't seem to be that hell bent on leading on it anymore? No, do it they? just doesn't jump very well. And uh, I don't know. I reckon if if this thing jumps, it could be Jade straight to the front wins. Yeah, uh, straight little red you bikini. Want, you want to be on for sure. Uh, now William Pike went on. They truckloaded it and Northern two starts back. Looked like it was going to struggle to run down. Was it Ladies in London who kicked clear? And then all of a sudden just kicked into overdrive late and won really well over 1,100. That was W Pike. Though. It was. It that was, was w. w Pike that's personally lifted that horse over the line. That was something oh, – that was off the map that day as yeah. well. Yeah, W Pike has personally got off that horse and carried it on his shoulders over the line. He just willed it, didn't he? It was incredible stuff. Yeah. But um, And then just – Take a look at the tapes. Alan Kennedy rode a little red bikini last start at Pinjarra. It was wide, sort of going forward, coming, losing ground at a vital stage, shuffled out wide on straightening, and it was going to the line as well as anything. Uh, Sands Lassou won by two lengths on that occasion. So even though it's run fifth, it's actually only finished like a head or a neck away from the third place getter on that state, on that occasion. I like Jade going on. Drops to 55 kgs from gate three. This isn't a strong race uh, at all. I think this is set up really nicely for a little red bikini. Yeah, no, I can, I can see that. That's one of... 28 chances in this race, I reckon. <laughs> so um, I, I, I want to – I'm probably the same as Lockheed. I'm going to be hoping for a Sir Mambo price late. We'll be able to see if, if the rail's playing all right too. Um, it's just – its form's just better than everything else around these. But you've got to forgive a absolutely horror run from 28 days ago. So you want the price to be to be doing that. But so so if, um, put up lame, yeah, according to the stewards yes. report? Yep. Yeah. What's the one runner? Just guys, just have a quick look at this field. Mm. What's the one runner? Just quickly, the first one that comes to you, you just think that probably can't win. Spirit and fire. Ah, oh, there we go. Bang on. Are you ready, Lockie? 
<laughs> All right, so Spirit and Fire is the interesting horse in this race. I, we actually didn't plan that either. We 100% uh, didn't 100% plan it. 100% didn't plan it. All right, so Spirit and Fire is the interesting, interesting uh, right, yeah. horse in this race. Spirit and Fire in its career has raced, it says uh, six first up runs. It's actually only five first up runs. One of them was only a, a shorter break, but anytime it's had five times in its career, it's had four months or more off. It's won three of those, ran second in another, and the other one was an abject failure where it failed basically that entire prep. It just didn't come back at all. Last campaign, it won first up for Mark Bairstow, who isn't training all that many winners at the moment. I do know that. This is a horse who I believe is a fresh horse, okay? How many starts do you reckon it had in its campaign? I'm just looking at it now. I, 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 can't, I can't calculate it. It's just there's too many numbers. Okay, so this is a horse I think is a fresh horse. It's a fresh horse. It's had a 21-start campaign. <laughs> it's had a 21-start campaign. It's a very sound fresh horse, yeah. You're just you're kidding me. You're genuinely <laughs> kidding me. So Before last campaign, it had two trials. They were arguably slightly better, but it did win its second trial with um, with the Austin Galati on. Uh, before this run, look, it will go around at 30, 40 to one, barrier two, Brad Parnham on Spirit and Fire. It, if you remember all those runs over the sprinting journeys early last, early last campaign, it was a super talented and and it's obviously, it's got a mind of its own. It's a bit of a head case, but from barrier two, it's not one that's impossible to jump and lead this race. With the blinkers on in a race where we're really struggling to find something we like, um, Spirit and Fire will be forgotten about. It's shed ratings points throughout those 21 starts. So it, uh, it actually comes into this about 8 63, yeah. Yeah, I think it was well. a 71 when landed in WA so gets into this just about on the minimum in a pretty thin race it's a fresh horse mark after this let's spell it again and bring it back in four months time let's keep getting our 20 to 1 every four months but um yeah look so mammoth for me but i'm going to be having something on uh, spirit and fire after that spiel too did you notice that Lockie sort of ran through quite a number of the runners but um there was no mention of point taken <laughs> no <laughs> scratch midweek yeah, give us yeah. give give the listeners a bit of a thought process on the chances of point taken um, first up on Saturday. Going as good as ever. Her trial behind free trade was really good. Um, has just been riddled with feed issues and and little soundness issues issues over her career, but is as sound as we've ever had her. Look, looking at her career record, twenty starts and only the three wins doesn't look all that great. But doesn't do her justice either. No, I think. No. Take her last form and assess her on that. That's her true form, yeah? Yep. yep. And she's come back probably better than that. Whether this is her race first up, I'm not sure. Do you think sure. she's ready to go first up? Potentially, well, is she fully wound up? Oh, it's hard to tell. The The interesting thing is, is that she's obviously trialed, but she only had three weeks off in the paddock since then. So it's not your typical six eight week spell it was just a, a three week spell to get over a, a little minor issue and then she came back in work and has been firing ever since so the recent trial was good whether this is her race from a form perspective i have my doubts but i definitely think she has a, a graduation race like this in her mm -hmm. lucy warwick doesn't ride for you guys very much no that's at all no, she's had a couple. She rode Perceptive Miss a couple of weeks ago, but oh, yeah. no, Dad Dad likes putting Lucy on. She Horses just seem to run for her. Yes, they certainly do. So, uh, yeah, the, the entries for the get-out stakes are going to be... I reckon you just summarise that race really well. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I reckon that's... Uh, and you know, you know yeah. like... If I'm tipping spirit and fire, you know it's a thin old, uh, it's a thin old. And race. you know when you're saying ah, uh, yeah, as the uh, as the theme of the the last of the day, um, surely that brings our man Magic Mike Santich into calculations. Yeah. Denim pack, three wide, yeah. no cover, last start, 
Uh, Fox on into third behind Lucky Linda Lulu. Um, match it hasn't won now for a thousand and nineteen mm. days. Like two or forty or something. Two or forty. Mm. Uh, yeah, anything can happen. This is a, this is one of those races by the looks of things. So, yeah. yeah, the only horse I can really put a line through is Sammy the Boss. But I can't. Yeah, no, I wasn't willing to. No, I actually really like Sammy as a horse, and I love Mitch Payton going um, on these type of runners as well. So if they go mad and well, I'm there's them. a last horse standing, <laughs> I actually don't think Sammy is completely impossible. <laughs> I'm not backing Sammy in, in any. Doesn't matter if it's hundred one. I'm not backing it, but I big chance if I can thin out the other legs I'm a big chance of clicking the old FD button for the, the quadrilla here I'd suggest very good okay so that brings the uh, yeah well that's it for the get out yeah. stakes race nine the crown Perth handicap so I was hoping by someone just declared something there just went bang the hardest <laughs> race of the day from bang gonna declare one here I was thinking about going real bullish spirit and fire but even I can't do out the best <laughs> you know his last winner Mark Besto yeah tell me I think it was you along earth in january yeah maybe yeah yeah you could yeah, be right there roughly it's only two winners in the last year so one of your uh favorite trainers along the journey Mark yeah Bairstow. has been yeah the, the best or patent combination there for a few months um with special delivery and a, and a few others that was definitely one of the um yeah yeah we enjoyed that period good times mm. very good times okay it's time for our best betting propositions of the day our guest Lockie taylor will put him under the microscope here mate you're up what have we got? I was going to say money matters, but I was just speaking to Terry off air. I have a terrible record with horses that are around $2, $2.20, so I'll bypass him as the best betting proposition of the day and say dark assault in race number three. Oh, well, that, a bit of value. Yeah, that's, what that's the good. Needs, isn't it? Dark Assault. The like crowd that. will roar when yeah, uh, yeah. when uh, Dark Assault hits the front for Roy Rogers. I don't want to open my mouth now. <laughs> I've got uh, – I don't really have a standout bet um, on the card, which which really upsets me actually. So I'm just going to uh, – maybe let's just bet fair all up Montalina and Leading Girl and try and get $3.50 or something, huh? Okay. That's what I'm so, going to do. The two – what I think are the two good things for the day, but the, the $1.70 about the pair of – doesn't make me want to dive in, but look, if we can just be on even money watch for either and it'll be um, pretty happy to suggest that's party time, the double. Okay, so I'm not, not going to overcomplicate things. I think Massimo can bounce, land on speed and get the job done first run at the mile. Uh, 250 around at the moment. I'm suspecting that there's going to be layers on the day, so hope, hoping for better on Betfair late. But I priced him underneath the $2.50 mark, so I reckon he'll be winning. That's my best betting proposition of the day. Moving on to Maddie's, what are your record like with long shots, Lockie? No, never tipped a loser. Long shot Lockie? <laughs> post race, he's never tipped a loser. <laughs> weren't, you, weren't you guys on, Lucky Roy? <laughs> Hashtag free money. <laughs> um, nah, pro probably not great. Uh, join the club. What have you got for us today? Uh, I'm not a man to back, back markers. Um, I'm very much an on-speed punter type of guy, but vintage stock, not 20 plus dollars at the moment, but surely... We get $20 late and if they're making ground up down the middle of the track, that's the way I'll go. Yeah, yeah. I've just checked with the adjudicators. They're allowing that one as well. So that, that, will that was a bit of a Daniel Cripps type <laughs> long shot, wasn't it? Just yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, go the yeah, yeah. just prefers the on speed runners, but looking on force, yeah, yeah, it was. And then also picking something at eleven dollars. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, like. it's the cop out. <laughs> it's a, it's a roundabout way of saying I don't yeah, know. It is, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't blame you either. Uh, I better go with Spirit and Fire after that little spiel. Very um, good. Very Mark, good. Mark Bear, to end of runabouts. Uh, 
It's about time the guru and Besto just Well, sort of, it's you know, it's currently 23, 23 bucks. I reckon you'll probably see double that on the day, surely. Surely. I'm not having anything on at the 20s. I'm going to wait. All right. Well, uh, Route 88 got into yeah, third. Yeah, it was. Third yeah, Miami huge. last week. Yeah, third huge, place at about seven ninety dollars and better, the place. Mm-hmm. So that's um, two. It's about the same price as Lockheed's to win this week. Two. Um, <laughs> Two Maddies in a row. Let's try and keep it running. I didn't mention this horse, but he's got a, a lot of ability from a class point of view. If he puts his best hoof forward, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see River Dance run a big race oh. in the thousand meter race. He just looks over the odds for me com- compared to what his level is and what his ability level is. There's a bit of twenty six dollars available on sport on one of the agencies at the moment for uh, River Dance. Zero on the end of that by the time they jump on Saturday. You reckon? No. Oh, it'll be longer though. It'll definitely be longer. Yeah. So River Dance is my Maddie uh, on on the weekend on Saturday. Blue Spec Stakes Day. So uh, that brings our preview to a close. We've uh, we had a good chat to Lockie at the start of the show, so it's a uh, consensus decision that we will leave our uh, whatever happened to our Tom Notch trailers and our horses to follow us until next week. So I'll pass over to our man, the Perth Racing Guru, to take us out. And uh, thanks again, Lockie. I've also got bugger all to uh, to share in that <laughs> sense. So I think that's probably a positive. We'll try and keep it under the three hour mark. No, we really appreciate you coming on, Lockie, and uh, hearing a bit about i was personally really interested to hear about your past in, in racing and how you got involved and what's uh what's to come for you but um i'm mostly looking forward to seeing you down in uh, crossing kalgoorlie and uh enjoying some of the uh the local nectars over there but uh thanks for coming on Lockie. we've uh, thoroughly appreciated it thank you very much boys anytime all right guys good luck uh on the weekend good luck in the get out stakes i think we're going to need it this week good luck to mark best ending his run of outs with a, a huge win at uh, 65 dollars bet fair sp spirit <laughs> and fire and until next week on the one one <laughs>